Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, and welcome to the Networth Podcast, where it's a very great day. We're going to talk about the WTA, but not just the WTA spread, the first grand slam of the year. It's certainly not a major. Is it spread? No, I mean, the WTA doesn't do much in the way of buildup, right? We get two little tournaments, and now we are just jumping, diving right into the first slam of the year. Well, Jorge, spread missed my real question here. What do you think? Is it a grand slam or a major? Of course it is. Oh, God. I hate that question. I, I, I'm good with both. I'm not going to be one to. <laughs> this is the first time you'll ever hear me sit on the fence on a on a opinionated question. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I think that goes down as uh, my worst random question to start the podcast in history. So <laughs> we're off to an excellent start. Um, but quickly, before we get into the fortnight ahead of us, we're going to touch on uh, what's happened so far this week in Hobart. Tonight, um, tomorrow morning, depending on where you are, we've got two semi-finals. Uh, Heather Watson, really great week for her against Rybakina. Another good week for her after uh, the solid start in week one. Zhang is playing Kudermatova. We've got an out right into the semi-final spread. What do you think? Is Kudermatova going to get the job done? Uh, she's looked pretty good so far this week, right? But that's a, a pretty talented field, so don't really have a strong opinion either way. What do you think, Jorge? Did Spread and I do a good job? Is Kudermatova going to get this done? Uh, we've had a, we had a, a little chat about this in uh, in a chat we have on Twitter earlier. Uh, I I hope so. I think she's got a chance. I don't think that it's worth it to double down on her here against uh, Zhang, but uh, I know we we differ on that. But uh, yeah, I, I hope she does. I'd love to see her pick up a title heading into a slam. Yeah, we, we did go back and forth on this. I'm a little surprised at the line. Kudermatova, a small dog in that match. I think that she takes care of business, so we'll let it ride. Um, anything else from either one of you on the weekend, Hobart? Uh, Rybikina did pretty well despite our concerns with fatigue, so I think that's a good sign for her going forward. Yeah, I think with the younger players, they could do two, maybe almost three weeks in a row, but um, I, I think that she's going to put herself in a rough position for the Australian Open, especially if she uh, takes care of business against Heather Watson tonight. What do you think, Jorge? I think she knows that, you know, I think some of these young players have a chance to pick up, you know, coming off a of final in Shenzhen, get down to Hobart, see the draw that isn't terrible. You know, Cornet's not great. I can't remember who she beat in her first match off the top of my head, but it was not a very good player. Um, not someone that you're fatigue fading her with anyway. And I think she knows at this stage in her career, she's 20 years old. She's got a chance to go to an international final and back it up with an international win. That's worth, you know, okay, so you only make the third round, then you get tired and you, you don't make the fourth round at the Aussie. I mean, the Aussie isn't, isn't you're not going to do damage there right now. This is the big dogs are still going to eat at the slams. So pick up the points where you can. So you can put yourself in a position when you when your game does start peaking. Give yourself a chance to be in a position where you're going to get uh, you know a seated position, where you don't have to worry about um, the the big big players till the the latter rounds. And she's doing that right now. She's done that with Shenzhen, and uh, I think that this is a, a great spot for her to be in in her career. She's going to head into the French Open, most likely uh, somewhere in the top either twenty five or thirty. I don't. No, she's got a whole lot to defend post Aussie. Um, last, she's got nothing to defend at the Aussie either. That's the other plus side, right? Last year she went to the final of an ITF. This year she's done two international finals, and then she went out in the first round of qualifying at the Aussie. So just making the first round is already going to be a step up, even if she only wins her first match or two in Melbourne. You're that's she's gaining points. 
And then she did really well on the ITF circuit indoors. Uh, and she's going to have to defend ITF points. And then, you know, she can head to the front. I think she's going to position herself well for the French Open. Yeah, she's number 27th right now in terms of live rankings. I think she's got a good chance to take care of business to advance another round. I'm flipping through her schedule from last year to kind of see what she did around this time of the year. Um, lost in the first round of qualifying, so yeah. no Australian Open points, like you said. Um, you know, missed in qualifying for Budapest. Frankly, doesn't have any WTA-level points last year from January all the way through April until she got to Istanbul. So she has three months, really, right here, Australian Open and any other tournaments before April to start picking up some WTA points. And I imagine those, um, you know, getting a couple rounds in some of those tournaments will make up for, you know, losing the couple titles she did win at that level. And the thing, too, is we're not talking ITF 60Ks, 80Ks, or 100Ks. We're talking about 25K indoor tournaments she won last year. So, I mean... You're talking about, I think, 50 to 60 points, somewhere in that that range to defend. So, yeah, a match winner, too, at WTA-level indoor hardcourt events will uh, take care of that for her. So that she's put herself in a great position. I really like uh, how she started the season. She's one of my favorite young players. You know, she's one of the people that I love making money with. One of my biggest bets of the year was her uh, this year against Kristina Pliskova. She came through that easily, almost sweat free. Uh, her, Samsonova, Kudermatova, uh, a lot of these young uh, Russian or Kazakh players are, are a lot of fun to watch. They're very talented, and my goodness, it's rare that books go this long undervaluing players, but they just continually do it with, with some of these young Russians and Kazakhs. All right, let's jump into Adelaide, where in the semifinals we've got Ashley Barty playing a red-hot Danielle Rose Collins, Yastremska against Sabalenka. Um, just two really, really fun matches. I'll start with you here, Jorge. Out of those four players, who do you see taking care of business and getting the title? I think that it's it's really evenly matched, and the odds, the live outright odds reflect that. At Unibet, I think everyone is between plus 180 and plus 450. It is uh, super tight in the, the odds right now as to who wins the, their final two matches makes sense to me i have no interest in betting them i think they've all looked extremely good uh, i think they've all got a good chance of doing damage next week regardless remember adelaide is about an hour 15 minute flight i looked this up the other day so uh, when i was trying to handicap the men in potential travel it's not um in a different time zone or i think it is a different time zone but barely it's not it a different is, I think, one time zone it's like a i think here a one uh, an hour flight is the equivalent to a four-hour drive it is not far at all to melbourne there's no jet lag there's no fatigue there's no travel worries um i think all four have a really good chance to damage the next fortnight well that was a really nice way of dodging having to pick spread who do you think is going to win the tournament (laughs) i think barty's going to win but the two things that we think that we've taken away right is we expected barty to play well here um she ended the year quite well and, you know, she's pretty much picked up where she left off. Does that surprise me? No. She seems like a player that does not spend a lot of time vacationing, screwing around. She's a very serious player. Um, not surprised at all. So let's see what we can take from it. Number one, Sabalenka on form. She blew Simona off the court yesterday. Uh, when Simona was starting to give her some troubles, uh, she went ahead, you know, she kept with it. And my question was after she won the first set, okay, is Simona's consistency going to start to wear her down or are we going to see some? No, she turned up the gas even more. So uh, for Sabalenka backer, she's looking good going into the Australian. Yastrzemska, I can pretty much say the same, although I don't know if uh, that's as much of a surprise. She's uh, a little more consistent, I would say. And then the other one we took away is the, the great form of Danielle Collins. Um, she really looks to be a threat going into this fortnight. She did well here a couple years ago. 
likes the conditions. So um, really not surprised to see these four players in it. You know, I thought Simona would win yesterday, but obviously when Sabalenka plays her best, she's going to beat Simona, and that's what happened yesterday. I think Sabalenka is going to take the title here. I think that she has um, the game and the power to just kind of blow Yastrzemska out here. And I don't know how focused Barty is going to be on winning this title. I know it can be tough to do something the week before. Um, we'll talk about this once we get to the Australian Open, but there isn't a lot of great success for people who had long runs the week before. But, um, you know, Barty, I think, will hopefully be able to cool down Collins a little bit. But I like Sabalenka's spot quite a bit here. Yeah, right. I mean, I can't argue with that. Anything else on Adelaide before we jump into the Australian Open? Let's go to the main event. Last year, Naomi Osaka beat Petra Kvitova. The year before that, Wozniacki got her first Grand Slam, beating Simona Halep. Um, we had Serena beat her sister in 2017. Kerber beat Serena in 2016. Serena beat Sharapova in 2015. A lot of big names, just like we see with just about every Grand Slam. The field, of course, in this wonderful, wonderful year, the WTA is stacked. But before we jump into it, I always like to ask you guys around Slam time, you know, so the Australian Open, where does this rank for you spread in terms of your favorite Grand Slams? Oh, gosh. I don't know. It's up there, right? They all have their own charms. My favorite thing about the Australian is that I get to watch it late at night by myself. And, uh, you know, there's not really any, like, scheduling conflicts that can come up. And I also don't have to get up. The, the 2 a.m. to 10 a.m. Uh, for the other slams is kind of rough because I always end up just choosing whether or not I'm going to stay up or get up early. But this one's kind of perfect for me. So uh, it's the happy slam. I'll just say that. Jorge, what do you like about the Australian Open? I like Spread's question better than mine. Well, see, for Spread, it's uh, the it starts about 4 p.m. So, yeah, it's perfect for his time zone. Um, for me, the starting 7 p.m., I love. Not many people will. I don't know what it is. Every year I end up staying up till – even uh, when I was working in sports media because I was working nights and weekends. So I would watch it at work, and then I would drive home, and then I'd watch right through the night, and I didn't have to get up the next day anyway. Because uh, I didn't work again until the evening, so for me, like getting to watch tennis at you know two, three, four in the morning when the world is dead quiet is super exciting to me. I love that. Uh, it actually ranks probably behind Wimbledon for me um, as my second favorite Slam. I know that's not a popular opinion; it's lower down on most people's uh, rankings. But for me, I think the U.S. Open comes a little late in the season. Um, uh, the French, <clears throat> I'm not huge on all the rain and the lack of roofs. Uh, although I do move them up one spot just because they're the only ones who haven't caved to this nonsensical, idiotic pressure to have people not win by two in the final set. The other three slams should be ashamed of themselves for listening to the trash mainstream tennis media. Um, but the French is probably number three now, and this is number two. Well, I like that there at the end spread. How about you? What do you think about uh, what Jorge was talking in terms of uh, the tiebreak rules and the slams? Are all the rest of the slams wimpy? Yeah, I completely agree with him. I think the French has the best way to do it. All right, let's jump into the field. We've got a big tournament. We're going to go quarter by quarter here, take a look at the outrights and any quarter prices at first, and then we'll get into the individual first-round matches. It's a little bit early here. Outrights are out at some sites. Depends on where you are. Just in general, we've seen outrights at Unibet. We've seen outrights at Bookmaker. We've seen outrights at Bet Online. outrights at Bet365. Um, anywhere else that either of you have seen outright so far? No, they're not up yet, but we got enough to work with. So, Yeah, I got Pinnacle, but their outright prices, surprisingly, compared to their regular match prices, do not 
really show much more value than any other books and they don't really list any of the exotics and they only list about 40 or 50 players so they suck relative on that uh, on that market let's jump into the first quarter ashley barty the one seed there at the top as we start to go down the list i won't hit everybody but just some names that we talk about a lot rebecca peterson elena rybakina allison risk wang yafan Julia Gorgas, uh, Victoria Kuzmova, Petra Mardich, Madison Keys, Daria Kasatkina, uh, Margarita Gasparian, Maria Sakari, Ekaterina Alexandrova, Paula Bedosa, Siniakova, and Kavitova. So pretty solid quarter overall, two pretty big names. And again, that's what you see in a lot of the quarters. And as we were talking beforehand, and I think will be kind of a theme, it's a fairly chalky draw. Um, I'll start with you, Jorge. What do you see in this first quarter? Um, what do you see in terms of a quarterfinal and uh, who takes this uh, top section of the tournament? Well, I really like whoever comes out of the second section here uh, between Alexandrova and Petra Kvitova. I really don't see them having many problems. Kaya Kanepi has been beating the crap out of some smaller players on hard courts, but I, I don't know if she's kind of there to take on an Alexandrova right now, especially with Alexandrova coming off a title and a week of rest in form, loves the uh, pace here, Cora. It's big game. Uh, I think she cruises into that third-round matchup. Uh, Kvitova should also absolutely cruise into that third-round matchup. I can I can see Sinyakova pushing her to like a 7-5 set because that's what Katarina does. Um, but I don't see her being able to, to redline long enough to, to beat Petra. And I think that third, whoever wins that third-round matchup has a great chance at, at A, winning the quarter, and B, winning maybe the whole thing. Well, I do like from a show planning standpoint that they put Kvitova in this first quarter so we can get all this nonsense out of the way. Because spread, doesn't Kvitova have asthma? Yes. And wouldn't you think that's going to be really tough given the air quality? Um, You know, one of the stories from the last week, we've seen a lot of pictures from Melbourne. Um, If you don't follow our guest from last week, Ace Previews, be sure to follow him on Twitter and take a look at some of his pictures. Um, He lives in that area and visits Melbourne quite regularly and had some pretty stark before and after photos. So... My biggest concern with Kvitova um, really is just that. I think that if she is forced to play outside for a couple matches, I think that's really going to be tough for her. And it's my understanding that the air quality inside isn't great either. So, Spread, when you look at this first quarter, what do you see? Yeah, so, you know, obviously I'm a big Kvitova fan. I back her often, but um, for the reasons you mentioned above, I'm not looking at her here. I think this is a chalky quarter. Um, I really like Ash's chances. I think that... um, Sakari got a nice little draw here, too. Um, you know, she's going to have a, a little nice matchup with Madison Keys, most likely, unless Magna Lynette can pull an upset. So I don't think that this is a very tough quarter for Ash, and I think, um, you know, no home cooking, but I think that definitely she got a nice draw. She really did. I think that you're right as you start to look at it. She's got Sorenko in the first round. Shouldn't be a problem. Peterson probably in the second round. Maybe Herzog again, you know. Might be a little longer match than we expect it to be, but should take care of business there. She's looking at Sasnovich or what should be an exhausted Rybakina at that point. And then the winner of Risk versus maybe Gorgas and, and Mardich. I think she makes the quarterfinal that too much of a struggle. But I look at this quarter. I wonder if this is Madison Key's year. This is a really great draw for her. Kasakini in the first round, that, that should be no problem at all. The winner of Lynette Roos, she should take care of business there. Probably Sakari in the third round. And then she's looking at a potentially fatigue Kvitova or Alexandrova and I think that um, you know Jorge kind of like you were building up to the winner of kind of what happens there is in a really good spot to maybe take advantage of Barty with a big serve so um, 
Maybe I'll bounce it back to you, Jorge. What do you think about Key's chance here? I'm always hesitant to back Madison Keys. I think a lot of the times it slams. We just don't get a good enough price for it to win seven matches in a row um, on the outright markets. That's my issue with her. I, I mean, pl- playing around the quarter market, I guess winning five matches is a lot, a lot easier to to kind of swallow. I'm just, I just think in so many tournaments you have to wait till Madison Keys hits her rough patch during the season to really be able to bet her. Like her. Her numbers are just so depressed for the player she is. She's so streaky. She hits so many errors. And every time I bet on her to win 2 nothing at reasonable odds against a terrible player, she blows a set. Like, I think it happened three times last year. I remember one off the top of my head was Tatiana Maria, who doesn't have a backhand. So, like, even a backhand to backhand rallies, which Maddie may not be the best at. Like, Maria just slices everything. She's just too erratic for me to back. Um, in individual matches at her prices, let alone to win five or seven in a row. That's my big issue with her. I'm not going to back her here. Um, and I, I I just wonder if, like, they canceled or, or pushed and have delayed qualifying matches this week with the air quality. And, like, let's face it, a day or two of rain is uh, will really help the situation. Last night it helped it enormously that the rating of, you know, 200, 220, uh, that forced them to delay the days before was down to about 90 yesterday. Um, after some rainfall helped kind of clear some some problems. If they can get some rain, uh, it'll help. And two, I think at the same time, uh, if they're think about what their standards are going to be. Sad, like this is sad but true. If they're going to push back qualifiers at you know the uh, the air quality index of 200, you don't think that the top players putting pressure on them at the number of, you know, 150 or 140 is going to have them delaying or, or canceling matches then as well. Everyone's like, well, it's, the Australian Open doesn't care about its players. They only care about their sponsors and money. Okay, one, yes, every tournament cares about that. But if Novak Djokovic, Rafael Nadal, and Ash Barty come to the organizers and say, we're not playing in this, you're damn right they're going to push matches back. Like, it's sad that they won't do it for qualifying players. They're right, it's not equal. But you're stupid if you think the sponsors are going to say, no, make them play until they die on the court. Like, tennis Twitter gets a bit irrational sometimes in that regard. And I think that the air quality for me with Kvitovic is, isn't as much of a concern as I think it is for you guys. Just for that reason, I think if it's really, really bad, or bad enough to affect her asthma, and remember, she's going to get a day off between matches too to kind of rest and recover. Um, I'm assuming she'll run practice, you know, cut practice time on those days uh, if she's ha- uh, struggling. I- I'm not as worried. I'm still going to have... Uh, a, a bit of money on her to win the quarter and the uh, the overall slam. All right. Well, my kind of idea here with this quarter is to just attack the quarter price because we'll get to the second quarter in just a second. But to kind of sum up what I think we're going to talk about, the second quarter's got Osaka and Serena here. So whoever wins this quarter has got to go through either of those two to get to the final. So, Spread, I'll start with you. Is there anybody in the first quarter that you're actually taking an outright to win the tournament on? Yeah, Ash Barty. So if you like Ash Barty at her current price seven to one to win the whole thing. Uh, yeah, I got her eight to one at Bookmaker, but yeah, excellent. All right, so you think she gets through this match and she's in good enough shape to take care of Serena or Osaka, and then you know whoever she meets in the final. Yeah, or I can hedge when she gets to the semis, but I, I'm I'm not going to touch it until the semis. Uh, I, mean, I think she's got a great chance. I, Keys, I usually would take uh, to win the quarter because obviously you know I'm a big Keys fan. But with Barty's current form, I don't really see unless, you know, you get the red line keys. 
uh, her surpassing her, and I think that she just really got a nice draw overall. She's got Rybakina there, maybe. Um, potential fatigue. Mardich on this surface, I think it's a tough matchup for Mardich. And then, um, you know, Alexandrova or Kvitova would probably cause more problem than Keys if they made it there. But I think Barty's got a good chance against any of those players. All right, spread. You continue to take some of the smaller favorites here. Let's we'll see if this one works out for you. Jorge, yeah. any names that you're picking off of this list? Again, yeah. we'll just stick with the outrights for now. Yeah, yeah, I, I do like uh, Kvitova. Um, I'm not going to go large, and I I am going to also not necessarily hedge from the start, but I also do think both. Maybe it's because they play each other, then have to go through Keys and Barty. But I, I'm finding value in both her and Alexandrova. Um, and I'm seeing twenty to one across the board for Kvitova. I'm seeing a hundred to one at Unibet for Alexandrova. I'm going to go ahead and put a quarter unit on Kvitova outright there, a tenth of a unit on Alexandrova outright, and then we can note these down for the end when we recap our official picks. Yeah, uh, got obviously, up right now, I'm going to have um, you know another quarter unit on Alexandrova to win the quarter at fourteen to one at Unibet. And I think I'm going to leave the Petra quarter at this point just because, you know, I'm getting four times the price on the outright market and I don't want to uh, to really load up on, on too many outrights on, on one quarter. And I just don't think that uh, four and a half to one versus 20 to one outright, I'll just leave it and just wait till she goes deep enough, maybe make it an each way kind of bet. Um, but yeah, I'm going to go with those three, double up on Alexandrova and uh, a Petra outright. I like the Alexandro about, right? I'm going to join you on that, but there's nobody else I think I'm going to pick to win the tournament. What I am looking at is from a quarter perspective, if I take Ashley Barty's price, she's 2-1 to one to win the quarter. Madison Keys is 4.5-1 to one to win the quarter. Kavita is 4.5-1, to one, and Alexandro is 14-1. to one. I know this is going to sound goofy, guys, but if I take the four of those and I put them together and I kind of balance everything out, I'm looking at a price of right around minus 325 that one of those four women win the first quarter. Um, what do you think about doing something like that? It would, that would be the, an implied probability right around 76% chance. Do you think that there's anybody else that is going to be able to make any noise and, and win this quarter? Again, the list would be Barty, Keys, Kvitov, or Alexandrova. Is there anybody in this first quarter that's setting that party? I like it. If it gets ruined, it's going to be, in my idea, it would be um, Rybakina, Risk, or Gorgas. That would be the ones that would ruin that party for you. Yeah, I would I would say Gorgas. I don't, I don't think is going to have enough in the tank to, to hurt Barty in the fourth round. I think if Gorgas has a big serving match, uh, and if Barty starts to feel the home crowd pressure by the second week in that fourth round, the beginning of that second week, I think there's a slight, slight chance that uh, that she could be upset there. The only name that I really had circled was Risk. I know that Gorgas and Martich are very good, but they fr- frankly have to play each other, which is tough. Rybakina should be fatigued. And when I went back and looked at Risk's history here, um, let me just double-check this. I had written this down earlier. But um, in four of her last five attempts in the Australian Open, she's lost in the first round. And, and she, I'm glad you mentioned that. I think there's a very good chance she loses here in the first round. Well, it's her toughest about- match in the first three rounds, I think. No, wait, Gurgis would be third round. So I, I think this is a tougher match than whoever she, she would have to play, pardon me, in the second round. 
I think you're right about that. We'll get to that more in depth when we get to the first round map drops. But that that is the strategy I think that I'm going to employ here with this first quarter. I'm going to take, you know, again, it's right around minus 320. I think I'm going to take three units and split it up. And um, I'll put that in my preview piece that I'll be putting on deepdivemedia.co a little bit later today. Frankly, by the time this is out, I hope to have that out as well. But I'll break that down as how I'm going to do that in terms of the quarter prices. But grab all four of them because I just I really struggle to see anybody else knocking them out. Uh, but again, from an outright perspective, Jorge, I'm on board with you at Alexandrova at 100 to 1. Um, when we finish up, I'll recap obviously everything. But so far, you know, spread, you're on Barty at 8 to 1, Jorge, you're on Kvitova at 20 to 1, um, as well as Alexandrova at 100 to 1. And I'll take Alexandrova 100 to 1. Jorge, you've got Alexandrova to win the quarter at 14 to 1, and I'm going to do my Dutch there. Um, but any other thoughts here, gentlemen, before we jump into the second quarter? No, we'll put, the, we'll put the stakings up. Uh for people at the end in the recap. Uh, I'm noting mine down as we go um, so people can have an idea of what kind of stakes we're, we're, we're risking on the outright and outlaying on the outright market as well. Yeah, we do the recap at the end. We'll get all that stuff so it's nice and neat. All right, second quarter. As mentioned, Osaka at the top of the quarter, Serena at the bottom. In the middle, Venus Williams, Coco Goff, one of our favorites, Serena Kirstea in here with a chance, I think, to win a match, maybe two. Boy, would that be fun. Um, Sophia Kennan, Joe Conta, Caroline Garcia, or at least the tennis player formerly known as, Caroline Wozniacki in her retirement event, ladies and gentlemen. Let's put a nice big asterisk next to there. This will be the last time you get to see Caroline Wozniacki hypothetically play tennis. And then, of course, uh, Wang Jiang. Uh, Jorge, we'll start with you here again in the second quarter. Is there anything that you can see that um, keeps us from having a Serena Osaka quarterfinal? Uh, a Yastremska red line like she has going this week, or a Kennan kind of upset of Osaka with that, get everything back and move Osaka side to side where she can't really get set and hammer balls, but uh, I don't see it happening. I'm not going to put anything on those two ladies. I don't have any outrights in this quarter, whether it be for the tournament or the second quarter. Um, I kind of wanted to load up on a bunch of small things in, in other spots throughout the draw. And so this was a really easy quarter for me to pass on to make sure I didn't uh, get too overloaded outlay too much in the outright markets. Because I know the first round of slams, um, handicapping both men's and women's, I'm going to have a ton of bets. So uh, I left this quarter. I do think that we see it uh, pretty chalky. I think even individual matches, from what I've handicapped here outside of, we'll get to Christelle later, uh, but even individual matches I've handicapped is fairly chalky in this in this uh, quarter. So um, I, I think I'm going to just leave it uh, on the outright market and leave a, a, a quite a bit on the, uh, on the singles, individuals, matches as well. All right, Spread, unless you think we got somebody that's really going to upset the Osaka-Serena quarterfinal, let us know who's going to win. I like Naomi here, but I have a question for you. When you when you reviewed this uh, sec- section of the draw, is Sloane Stevens dead to you? You just passed right over her name. Yes. Just say yes. <laughs> yep, it, it, she apparently is. I missed it. <laughs> oh, yeah. I didn't, know, well, I didn't know if that was purposeful or not. It you was know, not. I know that we've it kind was of... Not. Oh, okay. <laughs> it was not. That's sad. That's, um, that's just sad. If she's not the worst seed in the tournament, then... The seed, the only person that might be a worse seed than her is the person right above her in the draw. I was just That's say. it. She is awful. Well, Spread, what do you think? Is Sloane Stevens going to get anything done, or was I right to pass her by? 
No, I mean, I think you were too. I just, I just thought it was crazy from basically a year and a half ago, we were handicapping her as a top five player, you know, and a real threat in every single slam. And now for her name to be passed over, uh, just so flippantly, it just really shows how, how bad she played last year. All right, gentlemen. Well, is there anything that we see here from an outright perspective? And I'm going to repeat a theme from the first quarter. Again, as I look at this, I continue to see Osaka and Serena. And if I put their odds to win the quarter together, I end up with a situation where it's basically minus 180, um, which would only be at about a 64% chance that it's either one of the two of them. I think that that is a great bet. Be I think that's better. That. If you have a limited bankroll and you can't tell everything, I like that one better than your first Dutch. Yeah, I, I do too. I think I just keep looking at this over and over again. I know, Jorge, you mentioned Kenan. We love her game, but there's just certain limits that she has, and it's really hard for me to see her beating Osaka and Serena. Um, now, Serena, of course, could get hurt, of course, lose to Wozniacki maybe, but even if it's Wozniacki, Kenan, I think that I would favor Wozniacki in that matchup. But the more and more that I look at this, it's just those two names. So, um, Jorge, you know, I know you mentioned you weren't looking at any outrights here, even any quarter prices for you? No. Not in, the, not in the second quarter. If I did have any, and I'm not going, I don't have money on it, so these are not official plays. But if there are people who want to degen out there, um, I have 11 to 1 for both Kennan and Yastrzemska to win the quarter uh, at Unibet. And I, I just, I think it's too tough for both of them to have to beat, they both have to beat uh, Serena and Osar. And I just don't, I don't see it. Um, I remember when I had Kennan, I think it was on Clay, like, who was it against Serena she won at the French Open? When did Kennan come through like as a huge dog against Serena? I think it happened one time. And in other words, what I'm trying to get at is if you like those two to do well, just roll rolling parlay them through the quarter. I can't see if they come up against Osaka and Serena, both of them, um, then they're going to be huge dogs. You know what I'm saying? Like last year, yeah, Kennan... In the third round of the French Open in 2019, beat Serena 6-2-7-5. I had a feeling Serena would struggle on the clay with her movement. And I think in that match, um, I'm just trying to quickly find this here. Kennan was a plus 372 at close. I think I got her closer to plus 400 to win that match. Now, you move to hard courts, which Kennan is much better on, but Serena is also much better on hard courts than she was... You know, 2019, just coming back, not in great shape on clay. I mean, I think you're going to see the similar thing here. You're going to get plus 300 there. You're going to get, you know, plus 250 probably, plus 200 against Osaka. And then, you know, if you can throw in your cheap early round um, things into that rolling parlay, there's no reason to take them on the outright market to win the quarter. All right, Sprint, any outrights for you in the second quarter? No, I'm going to I'm gonna um, tell your Dutch play when I don't have quarter prices on any of my books I use right now. So, But that's what I'm looking at. I think you nailed it right on the head. I think this is the easiest quarter to cap. It's yeah. the chalkiest quarter. The prices I'm looking at are at Unibet. Um, you know, I assume we'll see those open. Usually Bovada has quarter prices for Grand Slams as well as a handful of other outlets. So I'll try to wait till a couple others open before I tweet that out. But as long as we can get both Serena and Osaka right around 2-1, to one, to win their quarter, put them together, you're looking at you know something in the range of minus 180, and I like that quite a bit. Yep. Third quarter, Belinda Benchich at the top, 
Simona Halep at the bottom, and a lot of fun here in between. Elena Ostapenko, Kudermatova, Annette Kontivate, Maria Sharapova, Donna Vekic, um, Arena, the Amazonian Warrior Princess, Sabalenka, Elise Mertens, uh, the absolutely red-hot Heather Watson, um, Caroline Mahova, um, Daniel Collins, Sue Shea, as well as Halep, of course, at the bottom. Uh, we'll start with you this time, Spread. This third quarter, a little more fun, a little more wide open, I think, than the top two. Um, who do you see in the quarterfinals here? Who do you think wins the quarterfinal? Um, give us your thoughts. So this is a great thread, and I'm actually going to turn it over to Jorge real quick because uh, I want him to kind of analyze an idea that I had. And I don't think that this is the best draw for Benchich because most likely she's going to go up against a bunch of hitters. Do you think that's a good idea, or do you think that she performs well against hitters and I'm reading this wrong? I, I mean, you're referring to the whole quarter or just her section? or The whole quarter, right? I mean, like, you know, she might play Panko, who's a hitter. After that, she might play Cooter Monster or Contivate, who can really dial it up. And after that, she might play Vekic or Sabs, who are hitters as well. I don't know. So Someone told like me that that Contivate is awful on hard courts. So how's she yep. going to get there? <laughs> Not going to happen. <laughs> um, no, I'm, I, I like this draw for Benchich. I don't – I think my kind of – handicap on Benchich is a tad different from apparently the rest of uh, tennis Twitter's handicap. I think she's just fine as a hitter herself. I don't think she's a pure counterpuncher. I think a lot of people have her in that category and I just I think she's got a lot more ability to deal with that and and uh, dial it up on her own than a lot of other players. Uh, let's see. Like Schmidlova doesn't scare me. Ostapenko honestly doesn't really scare me that much. The sad part is I think Benchich gets to the third round, but if Ostapenko comes in at a huge underdog number, I'll probably actually bet Ostapenko. Um, but, yeah, then, you know, Kudermatova, and we've had this conversation today. Everyone out there knows she, I like, I am one of her biggest fans. Not just in the way she plays, but in how undervalued she is and how much money she's made me the last uh, year now uh, uh, betting her. I just don't know if she's ready to beat a top 10 player yet. I think one day she will get there. She'll be a top 25, top 20 player with the potential to pick up that upset. But she's still playing this week in, uh, I believe, Hobart. Uh, I just can't see how uh, she comes in and beats Benchich in the third round. Sharma doesn't scare me. She's been she's really regressed since uh, making that run in, in uh, the altitude of Bogota last year and losing to Nisimova in the final. And then, no, in the, what, the fourth round would be Sabs is probably the first big threat there. I'm not I'm not even worried about Vekic, to be honest. Vekic and Sharapova both aren't mobile, mobile enough to bother her. Uh, she'll have them uh, running side to side and be hitting winners. Plus, Donna Vekic gets overheated, too, and it's, you know, a hot summer down there. I, I really like Benchich in the in the third quarter. I don't necessarily have an outright on her. I, I, was, going, I, I was going to, and then I saw she was only 6-1, to one, I think. At Unibet, and that is way too short for me um, to win five matches in a row. But if you think that she has a chance to be upset and the odds makers agree with you, you might have a nice chance at a little rolling parlay that you can stop after four rounds at, you know, plus a few hundred. All right, Spread, do you want to take a moment to try to see if we can put a little egg on Jorge's face? Sure. Has Kudermatova ever beaten a top 10 player? <laughs> Well, I'd assume yes if you're asking. <laughs> twice. She's done it twice. Now, uh, can you name either one of those players? One specifically Jorge should remember. 
Oh, that was Fidelina. Uh, Fidelina. Correct. And then the other being Belinda Bencich, who I think she's playing in, in, in this this event. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yes. hold on. When were both those wins? I believe they were both late 2019 on the Asian swing, no? Uh, Moscow on hards for Svitolina. Wuhan on hards against Bencic. Both went three sets. Both last year, late season, Asian swing. That's where we all, we know that underdogs thrive Asian swing. I'm going to throw a massive asterisk on that. You know me and my contextualizing of these things. <laughs> if it's not at a slam and it's in the late season Asian swing, everyone knows the late season Asian swing is you bet underdogs or you pass. Do not bet favorites. Don't get cute with favorite, you know, minus game spreads. Be, I, we, I did that for two years in 2016 and 17. 2017, I ended up in the negative because of it. 2016, I lost a decent chunk of my uh, profit because of it. 2018 and 19, uh, I switched it around and ended up uh, way ahead late in the season because of that. So, no, that does not scare me at all. Nice try. This is why I hate head-to-head. <laughs> this is why I hate head-to-head. She's beaten Benchich head-to-head. Yes. Context. Where's the context on that? Dang it. <laughs> Great job, noobs. <laughs> I try my best, Brad. All right, so let, let's you try troll. to shake it out here a little bit. I'll give you guys just, just a minute to relax. The name that stuck out to me, um, you know, as someone that likes to pick some bigger names, I'm keep looking at Carolina, uh, Carolina Mahova's draw here. She's got Flipkins in the first round, probably CeCe Bellis, then Elise Mertens. I see three very winnable matches. And then she's looking at Halep or maybe Collins. Now, the Halep match, of course, would be very tough. The Collins match would be very tough. But if she can get past that, she's 14-1 to 1 to win this quarter. She's 80-1 to 1 to win the entire tournament. Um, what do you guys think about her chances? Um we're talking about Mahova here. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I was I was shaking my head at uh, at the last <laughs> discussion while you mentioned the name. I think it's Mahova he was talking about. Indeed, it was. Okay. Uh, that's I see. I see it differently than you. I have it. I have that as a tough road. Um, I mean, sh- she should get by Flipkins, but Flipkins can be tricky. Luckily for Mahova, she's also a very good player. She should roll. The thing is, I see why you like her at that number because her first two matches should be easy as all hell. Um, they really should be. She should have no problem with CC Bellis and Flipkins. And really? CC Bellis looked pretty good this week. Mm, eh, I, I don't think that she's going to be Mahova here. Um, and I don't <laughs> think she's really a huge threat. But then I think it gets tough. I think the third round, Elise Mertens, I, again, have a different handicap on Mertens than most of the rest of the world. I love Elise Mertens, uh, one of my favorite players. That a fourth round against Halep is is not easy, and then potentially having to go up against an on you know, En Fuego Arena Sablank in the quarter. I, I I just don't know. One, could you get a better price on the quarter market rolling it over? Probably be about the same because of her first two matches. She should be a big favorite. Um, and two, I just don't like betting someone that has to beat Halep and Sablanka back to back right now. Halep didn't look great last night, but we have to wonder how much that had to do with the fact that Rina Sablanka, I think, hit three winners to every unforced error. I mean, yeah. Mahova's not doing that to Halep. I'm sorry. You're not going, no one's going three to one uh, other than a redlining, huge serving ball basher um, like Arena Sablanka can turn into uh, when she's peaking. Uh, that is not Mahova. I, I just don't think that she gets by Halep. And if she does, I think, you know, Sabalink has been playing so well. If she's destroying Halep and dusting her like that, she's going to have a real easy tie with Mahova. So, I don't know. 
All right, that poured a little bit of hot water on my fire. I think I'm going to continue to mull that over. I just like her game quite a bit, and I think you're right. Maybe I'm just overestimating her. I don't hate it because she does have those two first matches. But the first two matches are easy. I see why you like it at first. I mean, she she really should walk into the third round, which leaves you with, what, three matches to win and a, a decent price. So I see the allure for sure. All right, so then who do we like in this quarter? Real it- quick, though, Jorge, I think this brings up an interesting thing. So are you just discounting CC as a player overall or just current form? Because current, current, current. I would think that CC has a higher ceiling than Mahova. Yes. And that was just my main reason is that she kind of came. I was discounting her needing some match time. She kind of uh, brought her game together pretty quickly in these last couple weeks. So I do think that she is a threat, although I would not um, – tell you it's wrong if you took Mahova in that match but I do think that CC is a little more of a threat than you're giving her credit for I think that I the one thing that would maybe worry me there is that when she first came back in Houston um at the very very end of last year last November and then to the way she played this week she's clearly put in a ton of practice in in getting her her pace on her ground strokes back up because I was surprised at how little she had uh she's not a a, a, a per, you know before she got hurt for that, I think it was a year and a half. It was ages. It felt like um, she used to be able to hit the ball pretty well. Like she wasn't a pure pusher, uh, but she's also a decent. She was also a decent defending player. Um, but in Houston, it didn't look like that. This week, it looked like she had a bit, was packing a bit more punch. I'm still not sure I'm ready to to consider her a threat yet. I think you know Asian Swing and U.S. Open. We might be singing a different tune if she stays healthy and really you know gets in a ton of match time. Um, but I'm just not bullish on many people in this quarter either. Getting back to Noob's other question about who do we like in this quarter. I don't have... Literally all of my outrights are in the first and fourth quarter, both for the tournament and to win the quarter. So I passed here as well. Yeah, looking at some of the prices, I mean, the names that we keep coming back to in this discussion are Benchich, Sabalenka, and then Halep. Um, unless one of you thinks Danielle Collins can really continue this streak for a third I do. here. All right, spread So are you going to take some Collins? She's five and a half to one I already to win did. a quarter. But I already did, but one. I got her at 12 and a half plus 12,500. 125 to one. That's pretty week. good. Yeah, so I got there, but it sucks because I can't give it out on the pod because that price is long gone with her playing so well this week. But, um, boy, when she's in form, she said she was, you know, uh, Steve helped us out saying that she's feeling better than ever, um, you know, which helped us identify that for this week. And uh, she really thrives in the hot conditions, and she's obviously not intimidated by anyone, and she's got a great game, one of the best backhands in the sport, and uh, I really think Collins has a chance. I don't think that uh, Halep is going to have an easy match with her if they meet up. I guess I feel compelled to maybe take a little bench it. She's 33-1 to 1 to win the whole thing, and really the price that I like is 6-1 to 1 to win the quarter. If she can get past Sabalenka, there's a chance that uh, you know she's a favorite over Mahova or Mertens and um, you know not too big of a dog to Halep. What do you guys think of that price? Benchitz 6-1 to one to win this quarter. I'm not against it. Benchitz has done really well against the top players. Um, she adjusts her game really well to her opponents. So um, while some people, when some players might struggle with like a, a Sabalenka Halep back-to-back, I think that Benchitz kind of has the game to, to really make such a wild switch in strategy. Uh, okay. I think, think I, like I said, that's the only thing that intrigued me. I ended up passing. I just didn't think there was enough value in that number um, to to hit the quarter price. But if there's one person I would take in the third quarter on the third quarter market, it would be uh, Belinda Benchich. 
I think I am going to grab it at, at six to one. I just, it looks just off to me. I feel like it should be a lot closer to like three or four to one. I think again, you know, given kind of what the path looks like for her, if she can't get past Akuda Matova, um, but that'll just be my pick then. Um, again, anything from you guys here in this third quarter, it sounds like no. Well, I took the Danielle already, so I'll be rooting for her. And, um, but the, after that, I'm just going to let, I don't really like a lot out of this quarter. All right. Simone is too chalky, even though I do think she has a good chance to win this tournament. All right, let's jump into the final quarter here, the fourth quarter. We've got Alina Svitolina at the top. We've got Karolina Pliskova, the greater, at the bottom. Some fun names here in between. Muguruza, Savastova, um, Kiki Burtons, Vondrusova, uh, Angelique Kerber, uh, Coco Vandeweghe here, and, and some other names. Uh, we'll start with you here, Spread, again. When you look at this fourth quarter, um, what I see is a pretty wide open quarter. I think there's a lot of names that are up for a chance to win this, but who do you see coming through? I think Svitolina got a very nice draw. I don't see her with a lot of hitters. I don't see it uh, up until one, two, you know, her fourth round match. I don't really think that she's going to have a lot of problems. I think it um, just matchup wise, the draw sets up very nicely for her. Um, Pliskova, I don't think we can discount her. She played really well two weeks ago. Um, you know, kind of impressed with her. And obviously on a quicker surface, she's always going to be a threat. Uh, she could be a potential uh, popcorn match versus uh, Pegula there in the third round. Um, Kerber, we were kind of high on to start the season, but she really hasn't shown us much. Um, but I don't really think you can ever discount a player like her. And um, Vondrasova, I don't know if she's really ready um, to make that yet, but boy, I'd love to see a Vondrasova Georgie match in the second round. But overall, I think the setup really nice for Svitz. I I liked your point about Pliskova. I think that if there was ever, you know, again, I, I think we could have said this about one or two slams last year, but this is just a great draw for her. Um, if she can get past Moldenovich in the first round, which if she's serving well, shouldn't be too much of a problem. It's you know Vandeweghe or Siegman. She should beat Pagula, um, who's been playing very well. I, I think. You know, Pliskova should take care of business there, and then it's the winner of Andrusova Kerber. But Jorge, what do you see in the fourth quarter? We know you've got a couple picks here. Yeah, I'm going to look at uh, Marketa Vondrasova. I think she's one of my favorite young players. Her game translates to all surfaces. She has she can pack a punch in her first serve that I'm going to realize. She can place it well to to pick up additional free points. She doesn't mind coming to net. She doesn't mind taking low balls or slices because she can hit back with spin. Uh, to get that, you know, top spin to get make sure it gets back over the net. Um, she did look great against Barty this week, and she's still coming back uh, from injury. I think it was her first week back, but boy, against players she should have taken care of easily. She sure did. Um, the problem is we've seen her against a top three player in the world. We've seen her against two, you know, kind of nothing players, and so that that's what makes it difficult. So it's going to be another very very small stake for me, um, but I do think it's worth a shot in the fourth quarter. Uh, to to put on her plus I mean ultimately my dream scenario would be um, you know she comes through and then I also have a little bit of money on Amanda Anisimova to come through and my dream scenario is a Svitolina versus Anisimova uh, fourth round so I can be happy about whichever result happens there and then Avondrasova versus um, I, honest to God my thing is I think Pliskova either wins the quarter outright or she loses in the first round it's it's one of those weird scenarios where i don't see many people challenging her in that fourth in that final section um 
that eighth section of the draw, if you will. Although I think one name we haven't spoken about uh, that probably deserves to be spoken about the way she, I think, not necessarily started this year, but I think she she did decently at the end of last year and, you know, has looked fairly strong despite being one and two. She took a set off Kvitova, uh, beat Contivate, and then lost in three to Barty as Anastasia Pavlyuchenkova. She's played three top 25 players in her first three matches of the year. Lost her Both her losses were in three sets, and she cruised in her win as an underdog. So don't discount Pavs necessarily, um, even though I've kind of discounted her in my handicap of the quarter. I think if I make a mistake down here, that will be my the my kind of Achilles heel is I might have I might be overlooking her. But if Pavs could beat Carolina Pushka for me, I, th- I think, you know, between my favorite player and the two players I'm betting on, um, I'm going to have a kind of nice surprise or a nice uh, uh, a nice time viewing that the fourth rounds here. I love those those picks. I, I was already on Anna Samova uh, as well as Vondrasova here. I think that both of their draws have a lot of opportunities for them to advance. I think there's a great chance that that's what we, the quarterfinal we see here. Um, both of them are 9-1 to one to win the quarter. I'm seeing it Unibet from an outright mm-hmm. perspective. Um, I was looking here. It looks like Vondrasova is 50-1. to one. It looks like Anna Samova is at 40-1, to one, so pretty close in pricing. I'm going to be on both of those to win, I'm going to go to win the quarter at nine to one. I don't know if I could see them putting together enough um, to win the win the whole tournament. And frankly, I think those numbers forty and fifty to one might get tough to hedge as you get to the semifinals and things like that. Um, so I'll just take the nine to one on each of them to win the quarter. What do you think of that spread? Yeah, I don't think it's a bad look. You know, it's funny. Um, Jorge and I we agree a lot, and I think a lot of that has to do with just how much we do talk and. Um, you know, my development of a handicapper, how much of it came from discussing stuff with you and Jorge. But one thing I disagree on, I would be shocked if Kiki Mladenovic beat Pliskova in the first round. I mean, I would be utterly floored if that happened. So I was just wondering why you think that's a possibility. Because Mladenovic has the ability to redline and beat a player like Pliskova on any given day. And I think that there's at least a 20 to 25% chance it happens. The implied probabilities had her, like earlier in the day she was plus 455 which i think is a bit absurd that implies an 18 percent chance i think there's like i said at least 20 to 25 if kiki's on the top of her game with the way she can serve and hit um there's there's nothing to say she can't get to a breaker in a, a 12 and a, you know a breaker one set and a 12 game set in another and at that point it just comes down to crunch time and and who wins in the in the coin flip situation so i i think this is outrageous um i'll spoil it before we get to the single bets i have a, a small stake on her um just because i think that that the number is too crazy i don't think she wins the match per se but i think she's very bettable All right, so let's go through it just one more time. Again, from an outright perspective, it looks like Anna Samova and Vondrasova in the quarter. Jorge, you and I are on. Are you taking them outright as well? Here's my thing. Because it's the bottom half, I do think the outright presents a bit more value just because the top half has, you know, how many names up in the top half uh, versus the bottom half of the draw. You know what I mean? Like at the top half, you have... Uh, you know, that's where your Williams, Osaka's, Bardies are all up there. Like, these girls would only have to play one of those three. 
I, th- I think you're right. I just... Bottom half, it's beat Halep and in the in the semi, and who's your quarter? Probably Pliskova. But if you can get an upset on Pliskova before you get to that fourth round or quarter, holy cow, are you seeing huge value on um, on both of them. And I think Anisimova is the type of player that has always given Svitolina fits. You know, the more I keep looking at it, I guess you're right. At the end of the day, they only have to play one of Halep or Sabalenka, and then they get the winner of Osaka, Serena, Bardi. So they kind of stay away from all that mess. Maybe the outright prices at 40 and 50 are worth it. Are the same numbers you're seeing? Yeah, I, I, Unibet's the, the best price. I've, I've shopped across Unibet Pinnacle, Bet365, and I couldn't find the women's Aussie outrights at Bet Hard. I can only find the men's, so I don't know if they're a little late getting them up or whatever, uh, or if they had some, then pulled them down as the draw got released and they're bit slower getting them back up but for me 50 for Vondrasova uh 40 for Anisimova I'm gonna go nice and small on these uh with 0.1 unit on those as well and uh, just leave the quarter prices uh, and just keep my my total outlay on outrights to about 0.8 uh, of a unit because I'm gonna have a ton in the individual markets and I don't want to get uh too bogged down and the numbers. I have nothing is below 15 to 1 of the five outrights. So I'm happy to just outlay very, very small, not even have to worry about hedging and, you know, just roof my players to one of them hit something and I've got a nice payday. So I'm happy with that. All right, Spread, what do you like in this fourth quarter? Any outrights for you here? No, I honestly, I thought this was a nice draw for Pliskova, but at um, 10 to 1, I don't see it because I don't see her having success from the semis on. And that's just not enough for me to get a nice hedge number. I don't have the quarter prices like you guys do, so uh, I don't have a lot here. All right, gentlemen, any other thoughts on the outrights or the draw here before I run through um, just a quick recap of the outrights I've got listed? No, it's here. All right, Spread, I've got you down for Barty at 8-1. to one. Uh, What is that, one unit for you? Yep, and that's all I've got so far. And what because I don't have the good quarter prices yet, just wait, and I will give you guys uh, some of the quarter ones I'm going to look at when those come out. So I'll tweet those out. All right, Jorge, how much did you have on Kvitova at 20 to 1? Uh, just a quarter unit. Quarter unit there. Uh, both of us are going to take Alexandrova. Uh, what do you think, Jorge? Port one unit there? Yeah, I've got a tenth of unit on the 100 to 1. All right, that works. Um, Alexandrova to win that quarter at fourteen to one. Jorge, what do you think we put on that? I've got a I've got a quarter unit there. Yeah, I like that as well. So let's go a quarter unit there. Um, the Dutch for Osaka Serena at Q two again. Take the prices of both Osaka Serena, and I'll tweet a little table out so you guys can see exactly how to do this. But it ends up being minus one eighty. I'm going to end up putting two units on that. Um, spread it sounds like you were on board there jorge any interest on the dutch yep Mm, i'm good all right um benches to win the third quarter at six to one i'm going to take that i think i'm going to put a half a unit there um now uh, for anna samova and vondrasova to win the fourth quarter i like both of those are you going to join me there jorge are you just taking the outrights i'll put my name beside you on the on our spreadsheet um and I'll probably, yeah, you know what, I'll tell them, why not? I'll you let you think? do the staking on that. I think we're going to go a quarter unit on each one of those, what do you think? Sure. 
All right, let's go quarter unit, 9-1 to one on both of the Ovas there. Anna Samova and Vondrasova to win the fourth quarter. Um, and then from an outright perspective, um, what do you think are staking? I'll, I'll let you take the staking here, Jorge, on the outrights for Anna Samova and Vondrasova. I'm just a tenth unit on each. I think if both make a nice, decent run, there's room to hedge. And, I mean, I'm good with, you know, four or five units profit if one of them does come through. I don't need I don't need a gigantic payday uh, to be happy. I'm, I'm content with a nice small stake and a... A nice big payout. All right, we will add those, of course, to our log, which you can find on our Twitter account. If you go to the profile at NetworthPod, you can find a link there to a Google Sheet so you can see all this good stuff. Um, but we'll make sure we get that updated. Are you guys ready to go through the first round matchups? Yep. Bring it on, buds. All right, we're just a little short of an hour so far and quite a few of these to go through, so we'll try to blast through some of the big favorites. Um, I'm just going to kind of fly through those prices unless you really love the underdog. Slow me down. Um, Wozniacki minus 667 over Christy on, on plus 453. I don't think we have anything to say there. Alexandrova minus 714 against Teichman plus 491. Um Yep, probably good there. Anna Samova minus two eighty six yep. against Diaz plus two twenty two. That looks like a great parlay piece at two eighty six. Yeah, you can go parlay. I got earlier and I saw it died within about fifteen minutes of me releasing it, um, and then it died more after I got home from running errands. But I originally had uh, four games at minus one ten, um, which I released uh, earlier. I think you're gonna have to go four and a half now. I don't even mind that, though. I think she's going to smoke Diaz. I don't think it's a great matchup for Diaz. Uh, she, I think, prefers those kinds of players that are a little more erratic that she can get everything back against. And Amanda is probably one of the more consistent big hitters, I think, that uh, that that's out there. So I love Amanda Nisimova in this spot. You can We'll, we'll come back to it um, pricing and staking-wise because I'm sure the prices have changed at the end when we recap these bets as well. Um, but I'm bullish on her here. What do you think, Spread? Yeah, I can't, I can't argue with any of that. All right, we'll circle back to that at the end. I've got it on my list. We'll figure out the best way to bet that match. Barty minus 909. Sorenko plus 566. Burton's minus 588. Begu plus 420. Uh, CeCe Bellis minus 270. Tatana Maria plus 216. There's, there's one I'm interested in as well. Um, now, I didn't have... Do you have the spreads in front of you there? Let me just double check. It's pretty easy on odds portal to go from the money line to the spread. It looks like on this one the handicap um, is probably four and a half. It looks like four and a half, or maybe a juiced four, huh. depending on where you are. Okay, very nice. Yeah, see, like there's a lot of books like Unibet will only spread one game spread, but Pinnacle will have four or five different game spreads ranging from a juiced. Let's let's just say here. I think they start it. Uh, three and a half um, at like minus 155 minus 160 but they'll go right up to minus uh, five uh, no sorry five and a half they'll go at uh, plus 147 so and then Unibet will do like a super super high odds a super super juiced and their standard I think I'd probably sell the games sell the hook here uh, Pinnacle has four and a half at minus 105 Unibet has it plus 106 though that's a nice 10 cents that I would take in a heartbeat. Um, yeah, I'd go uh, I'd go Unibet minus four and a half here as well. Tatiana Marie is not good. Like, she's just not good enough to beat anyone that's remotely consistent that can 
uh, play from both wings. We saw it with Vondrasova. I bet Vondrasova earlier this week, minus four and a half. It sailed in. She lost the first two games. It was her first match back in a while. I get it. From there, she lost one game. She won 6-2, 6-1, I believe. So I expect much of the same type of match here from CC Ballas, a 6-3, 6-2 type match. She should roll here. You might, if you can sell even more games, um, Bet Hard has minus 5.5, plus 150. Unibet has minus 6.5, plus 295. I'd look to maybe go one unit on the regular spread and then sell off some games and go smaller uh, right up because I think they all show nice 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 amounts of value so you like cc here what do you think spread yeah i can't argue with anything he said i'm pretty much in lockstep with him here i didn't have, didn't think of the uh, idea of selling the games though so i'll have to look into that i do like that idea yeah this is another good parlay piece to me i like the idea of selling the games as well i think if cc wins it's by a fairly comfortable margin so We'll take a look at some of those. I've got her added to my list. Next up, we've got Benchich minus 714, Schmidlova plus 492. Um, next up is a qualifier, I guess, versus uh, – I don't even know what this is. Why is Bondarenko playing Rodianova in the first round? This is this is the – this is the fact that Samsonova and Ziyu Wang, I believe, play each other in the third round of qualifying. One of them misses the draw while these two – one of them is guaranteed the second round. I believe it's Bondarenko on a special ranking, which is the WTA's version of protected ranking. And Arena Rodianova, I'm pretty sure, won the Aussie uh, wildcard tournament to get in. So one's on a, rank, a ranking you can't take away from them. Um, and one is on, you know, won her way into this spot. And it just so happens that they're both lucky enough to have drawn each other uh, in the first round. And to me, it's just like, oh, it's... Just the way the cookie crumbles. It's no fault of the structure of the tournament, but it's kind of disgusting that the that the luck kind of fell this way for both of them. Who do you like in this match? Uh, I like turn it off and go to sleep. <laughs> there is a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of tennis to bet. I, I think we can skip this one. In that spirit, Jennifer Brady plus Great 212, stuff. Hallett minus 270. Uh, Brady at plus 212 is kind of an interesting underdog here. Do you guys think she can keep it close to Halep? I think that's priced about right, though. I mean, can she keep it close? Yes. Will she? Who knows? And, I mean, when you're taking your weighing, the chances of her winning or keeping it close versus not win, you know, Halep winning, I think your odds are looking about right here. What do you think about the handicap? It looks like Brady plus four is only minus 105. I'm not, I'm not huge. I mean, like you said, we've I've got too much other stuff I already like that I've already posted. I've got a few other matches I had. And by a few, I mean like 10 or 15 more that the spreads weren't up when I left this morning uh, to run some errands. So I've got to go back. And I've got too much other stuff uh, between the men and women to bet on to to justify betting here. Spread, any uh, action in this match for you? I actually am on the opposite side. I like Simona here. I think this price is too short. I think it should be closer to minus 375 or minus 400. So I'll be looking for a spot to put her in a parlay. Madison Brengel plus 167. Caroline Garcia minus 208 for some reason. Um, this is another match for me. It's kind of a mess. Um, either of you have anything interesting to say? Yeah, fake Carol plus money. I'm down. What do you think, Jorge? Completely disagree. Um, I'm actually on Caro. I get the I get the desire to fade her. And it's like, oh, this is the type of player that you could just because she gets everything back. And if, if there's a player right now who could bother her to be someone that like makes her hit 
the 12th ball or 13th ball and eventually she just hits an error and then the air is snowball but I don't I I think Garcia has struggled yes but has she really lost to players of Brengel's caliber all that much during this kind of downturn of the last year or so like Bouchard is much better than Brengel or at least can dictate the pace against Garcia Cabrera is one of the better young players on tour um so I don't I don't fault Caro too much there. Like who's the last pure pusher she really lost to? Like last year Parmentier, okay, Limoges, week before Christmas, who knew if she was gonna show up? Yafon Wong's a decent young player, Yastremska's a good player, Barty's a good player, Vekic is a good player, Mladenovic is a good player, Jabour uh has beaten a lot of decent players, is much better than Brangles. Fiatek's a good young player, Ostapenko's a good player. You see what I'm getting at here? Like, I get that you wanna fade Caro. I just don't know if this is the spot to do it. And I think because the fade Caro train has picked up so much steam, minus 200 here actually shows value on backing her and then look for a spot in the second or third round potentially to fade her. All right. Next up, we've got uh, Serona Kirstea, plus 135 against Barbara Stritzova, minus 167. I kind of like the dog here. Anybody else agree? Yep. And why is that? Why is, I, why is that? I actually... So this is fun because at least we get to disagree. I actually thought this was not a bad matchup for Stritzova. I think, you know, she's a very um, cunning player, you know, uses a lot of guile, and I think that she could use, um, you know, some of her ability to, to change pace, um, use different angles and lots of spin to, to truggle Kirstea. Um, so why are you guys like Kirstea here? Go ahead, Jorge. Well, I mean, I've got uh, Kirstea... First of all, I think this is going to be a nice bounce back year for her. I think she ended last year, uh, you know, half decently. If I, if I'm not mistaken, I could be mistaken. I could be thinking of Bogdan, um, but I have her in an outright market on Unibet to be the top Romanian not named um, Simona Simona Halep. Yeah, and you know she's did she's doing semi okay. She ended last year the final in Tashkent. You know, quarterfinal Limoges where she had to withdraw against Gibbs um, right before the third set. Uh, she made the third round at the U.S. Open, and that's a half-decent tournament where she can build a bit of confidence. So I don't, like, I don't hate backing her here, and I just don't think that Strichkova, one, is that great of a singles player anymore, um, and two, is any good on hard courts. Uh, the only concern here, and the reason why the price is so high, is probably because Serana withdrew after qualifying in Hobart. But she hammered a local player and then beat her fellow countrywoman Begu before pulling out. And I'm just wondering how much of that was actual injury and how much was like, okay, I'm, you know, something's a little tight, something's a little hurt, and I don't want to really aggravate it before the Aussie. I'm not all that concerned um, at this point. I think it's showing value here. Strichkova has lost to Para this year, uh, routinely lost to Allison Risk. Last year she was. 6-13. and 13. She was basically a 333 winning percentage. Uh, and, you know, again, those wins last year, Victoria Golubic, um, Al Fatma Al-Nabhani in Doha. Uh, I mean, who is she? She hasn't really beaten a good hardcore player in a long, long time. So at it's currently plus 142 at Pinnacle. I had plus 150 when I bet it. Uh, I think that that's, for me, a no-brainer. I agree, Jorge, and I 
exactly what you talked about. Kirste is a player who had kind of a down year that should be trending up. Stritzova is a player kind of on her way out. I expect her to be trending down. I don't think that either desires, deserves to be such a big favorite, so more than happy to take the dog at this price. Collins minus 625 against Dietchenko plus 450. Farrow plus 174 against Allison Van Utvank minus 217. What do you think about AVU as a parlay piece here? Given the conditions, I think it makes sense. Um, but she's had kind of a funky start to the year. Um, let me go back and see if she's actually even played. I know she withdrew from at least one event. What do you think, Jorge? Again, I leaned to one of my favorite players in Farrow, but... I mean, she's lost twice to Heather Watson, both times in straight sets. Yeah, albeit a couple of those sets went to tie breaks. Her only match win came on serve uh, via retirement against Peterson. I'm not sure how great she is yet on hard. I still think she'll be undervalued once clay season comes around. But for now, I'll pass on Farrow. And I think Van Bank is is a, you know still a, a, another dime on the dollar away from necessarily presenting enough value for me. Uh, she lost that quirky match in Hobart this week to Cornet. Uh, close first set, and then she won the second 6-1, but then lost the third 6-2. So uh, to me, it's like eh, I'm a little iffy on this one. If another if money comes in on Pharaoh, then I might consider AVU. Yeah, I'm kind of in the same spot. It's, it's okay, I lean AVU, but there's a, a lot of other stuff to use here. Um, actually, the next one I like even better. Mahova minus 312 against Flipkins plus 246. I know Flipkins can be tricky, and this is a grand slam, but I, I think that Mahova has more than enough game to take care of business here. What do you think about that spread? Yeah, I mean, I agree with you on that one. I'm not going to disagree on every match, I guess. <laughs> but yeah, no, I'm not too... Uh, I think that this is a very good spot for... Anything to add, so. Jorge? I've really slowed down the parlays, uh, but I think this is kind of one of those pieces where four and a half games is a lot against a tricky player that it might take Mahova, you know, a set to figure Flipkins out. And if it does take her, you know, a 7-6 or even a 4-6 set to figure her out, that four and a half games, four and a half games becomes a lot tougher to, to cover. So I think this is a tough spot to take minus four and a half. I think if you're going to take uh, something, two nothing might be the better choice. Like, a 7-5 or 7-6-6-3 type thing where the second uh, set she finds her grooves adjusts to Flipkin's variety and, and wins it. Or parlay her... Uh, I'm seeing 1.33 at Bet Hard, 1.32 at all my other books. So, yeah. All right, we'll add that to the list and see if we can figure out something to do with it later. Sacri minus 278, Gasparian plus at 218. I would love the dog here if I had believed in any way, shape, or form she was healthy. Yeah, but, same. Um, That's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah. It's a, it's an intriguing price, but with the health concerns, I don't even want to get close to it. Yeah, plenty of other tennis. Um, Gorgas minus 357 against Kuzmova plus 273. Come on, spread. You want Kuzmova plus 273. Be honest. Yeah, that's it. That's a huge price. You know what's funny about this one? If we could do an over-under on the number of minutes of the match, I would take under. I don't think we're going to have a lot of extended rallies here. So uh, that should be a fun one to watch. And plus 273, it's obviously a dogger pass. Plus, Jorge, plus 296 at Pinnacle. Ooh, if you wow. have an account at 1x bet, it's plus 306 there. That's a huge price. I'm not going to take it. I... I I almost think it's it's about right. I think Gurgis wins this 70-80% of the time. Um, I think I'd rather have Kuzma play someone else and just be undervalued in another matchup than here. But, yeah, the problem with Kuzmova is it, she could 
lose it 6-love, six 6-1, six or she could take it 3 and inch out a third set tiebreak. And you just don't know. And the thing is, it all it all depends on which outcome do you think is far more likely, or even more likely. Uh, I don't think it's a coin flip. Because if it was a coin flip, hey, she either keeps it really close or gets blown out, then yeah, you take the chance that she keeps it close, and then, you know, you're basically flipping a, a, a second coin at plus... 306 or plus 296 plus 300 at bed hard you can get a huge number all over the place um i just don't i i, I don't believe there's a high enough chance that she does keep it close for me to take that risk lin zoo minus 154 against Golubich bitch plus 125 yeah i don't i got nothing spread how about you uh, yeah, and that's another, and honestly i have to play the ignorance i haven't watched either of them play i would think for at least four to five months so what do you guys think about Peterson Herzog? Same price. Peterson minus one fifty four. Herzog plus one twenty five. Peterson coming off a withdrawal. Uh, I think this is our first Herzog match of the year. What do you think, Jorge? I'm going to honestly, I've got enough to bet to not have to hold my nose in any bets, but I I just can't get away from the fact that on a hard court, this is value with Peterson. It really is. And the real big problem here is that Bethard has it around the minus 145 mark, which means the spread correlates on that to two and a half games, which is exactly what I want. Pinnacle at minus 109 or minus 108 at minus two and a half games is precisely what I want because Herzog may carry herself to a tiebreak. Then if she wins the tiebreak, now you're staring at minus three and a half. That's not a big deal. You've still got two full sets to cover three and a half games. If she, if Peterson wins the tiebreak, all she has to do is win the second set. You're now playing second set money line, except you're playing second set minus one and a half. Anything but a tie break in that second set um, becomes value. Then even if a tie break happens, you root for Herzog to lose it. There's so many ways for Peterson to cover is what I'm trying to say. And I just think that even if Herzog gets to one tie break, you still only need the other set to be a one break set. And to me, that's just too much value on Peterson, even with the withdrawal to pass on. It's tough, man. I think you're right. I think Peterson, if she had played last week and been playing well, I'd gobble up this minus one. We wouldn't get that price, though, in that case. You know what I mean? Like, if she won two or three matches here and didn't withdraw, this would be minus 200, minus 220. So it's really a case of... You've got to... Didn't Hercog improve on hards, though, towards the end of the year? Because I kind of had her pegged as a clay quarter only. And I think she kind of improved on hard courts because I remember losing some money opposing her on hards uh, last year. Do you think that comes into play? Nah, she's below 500. She lost to, like, uh, let's go to the late season. Um, she got smashed. Well, not smashed. But lost five games to Pliskova. Lost to Bogdan by five games. Kvitova beat her by four. She beat Kerber and Gurgis in Beijing, which might be what you're remembering. Um, yeah. But before that, Pagula, who wasn't as good as she is now, and someone named Mai Ling Wong were her only other two post-Toronto hardcourt wins. She beat Mai Ling Wong, Jesse Pagula, and then Kerber and Gurgis at a good tournament in Beijing. I'm not sold. I still think she's a primarily clay player. She was 11-16 and 16 on the year on hardcourts outdoors. Um, you know, some of those wins even came as a lucky loser. Like Miami, she lost in qualies. Got into the draw as a lucky loser when a seed pulled out and played Masaki Doi. She beat Ali Kick on an outdoor hard court in Toronto first round qualies. Ali Kick is garbage off of clay. Uh, she beat Jessica Elbaba twice. Sabina Sharapova. Like, 
She had 11 wins and 16 losses, and at least six of those wins were just thoroughly unimpressive no-names. So, against half-decent players, she was about 5-16. and 16. So, I, like, that's why I'm okay with hoping that Peterson is okay, because if she's okay, she wins this by at least four or five games. In fact, you know what the thing here is, Noops? If you want to cover, we talk about selling games all the time, right? Yep. If you want to, if you're unsure about health and you think if she's healthy she does win probably in straight sets and if she's not healthy she might lose well instead of taking you know minus 145 and paying the juice or even playing minus 110 on the standard spread i think that if she's healthy she wins this by at least three and a half four games so sell off to you know plus 114 at minus three and a half if if you can't like i think that's probably the better move is just sell that entire game uh if she covers two and a half i think she's going to cover three and a half if she's healthy enough the second thing is, if she's really that hurt, she could withdraw late into the second set where the tournament won't penalize her for her entrance money and all spreads void um, upon retirement. So you're protected against a retirement with a spread. I think if she's healthy enough, she probably wins big. And so I'd sell the games here. I think I would sell to three instead of three and a half. I think if, what's the price on three you're seeing? I'm seeing uh, minus 108. Let's just say minus 110 on two and a half and plus 113 um, on three. And you know what? Yeah, I don't know why you would. Why I'm selling. I'm getting 11 cents to sell two and a half to three, and I'm only getting 13 or 11 cents to go three and a half, three to three and a half. Yeah, I like that three because I think I want the push in case you do get right. a tie break here. And if I, there's a chance that we see one, if I'm going to sell off of three to three and a half, I want to get more, more money and more bang for the buck on that sale than I do two and a half to three. And I'm not at Pinnacle; I'm getting the same eleven cent margin. So, uh, yeah, you know what? You're right. I'd, I'd probably sell to three here or right to five and a half. Go to Unibet and just sell right to five and a half and go all out. All right, well, I'm going to add Peterson minus three to the list, and yeah. we'll circle back to that one. Um, Keys minus 500, Kasatkina plus 374. Uh, spread, any quick love for uh, your kitty favorite? Um, it's too bad that she got this draw. You know, too bad she couldn't get like Botarenko or Rodionova in the first round. Right. right? But these are things that happened. I'm not going to tweet this pick out. This is just for people that are smart enough to listen to the podcast. Whatever the price is on the first set under nine and a half games, and I mean whatever it is, if it's minus 170, take it. Um, moving forward. Kanta minus 189 against Jabor plus 154. This is going to be kind of a fun match. Um, there's going to be a lot of junk balling in here. What do you think, Spread? Yeah, I think that uh, talk about a tough first round. I think this is a tough first round matchup for Kanta. I do think she'll prevail, but um, uh, the price might be a tad bit short, but not enough to entice me to take it. What do you think here, Jorge? Uh, I think I like the pricing from the bookies on this. Well done, guys. Um, one thing I do love about these podcasts and you got to go over these lists there's so many first round matches and so many qualifying matches listed now you've got to go over them with a fine tooth comb two or three times i totally missed the next match where i'm probably going to have a bet i totally missed this in my first pass through let's get on to it then yeah the only thought i have just quickly on Conte Jabor, i'm going to look at an over there the over 21 at minus 106 is pretty interesting but the next match kozlova minus 303 Priscilla Hahn plus 238. Is that the one you were thinking, Jorge? Yeah, I don't know how I missed this. I guess Hahn, I mean, here's the thing. She lost 7-6. She's 0-2. But one of them is a 7-6-6-3 loss to Julia Gerges. The other one is a three-set loss to Isla Tomjanovic, 6-4 in the third set. Uh, 
She is a decent young Aussie. She's going to have the home crowd on her side. I'd, I don't think she's quite as good as Lizette Cabrera, but I don't understand how you price her plus 171 against Tomjanovic and then turn around and give me plus three or plus 245 against Kozlova. How on earth does that work? Maybe this is heavily based in matchups and they expect Kozlova to kind of, you know, push and, and, and move her way to forcing Han errors, but... Yeah, I'm seeing plus one, uh, 241 at Pinnacle, plus 245 at Unibet, uh, plus 240 at 365, and plus 245 at Bethard. All four of my books have this within five cents. That's a play for me. Half unit for sure. Um, you can mark that down absolutely in on Han. I like that a lot. And just as a general rule, you know, anytime a pusher is a dog, I kind of lean that way. But when they're a big favorite... You know, somebody that plays the way Kozlova does, I'm not sure should ever be minus 300 in a Grand Slam event. So Think, yeah. I'm on board there. Exactly. You're playing a, a young kid at home who doesn't have big winning form, but she just came off playing two top 50 players. Or I don't know where Tomjanovic is officially in the rankings, but she's got a, the quality to be a top 50 player. And she was a plus 171, and then she closed against Gerges, averaging across books at plus 213. How is it she's a bigger dog against Kozlova than those two? I think there alone kind of tells you that if she lost in a decently close match and a tiebreak first set to Gurgis, lost against Tomjanovic in three, but you give me plus 245 against Kozlova, that doesn't comp- compute as logical. And that, that stands out as a, a, as a big bookmaker error uh, for me here. Spread, what do you think? You jumping on board? Yeah, I am, but I'll be honest, this isn't my handicap. I'm just listening to you guys and getting convinced. <laughs> I'm not big on Kozlova myself, and I'm not really too familiar with uh, Han's game. So, um, you know, but I, I, you guys make great points, so I'll jump in because anytime you can get opportunity to get plus money, we know the first rounds of these slams can be kind of wonky, especially, you know, with the lack of lead-up to the Australian. So, love it. Great, great look, guys. Lynette minus 303 against Roos and or Russ plus 238. Um, I got nothing unless you guys do. Yeah. Martich minus right. 222 against Mikhail plus 177. That feels just about right to me. Um, Real quick on this one, Jorge. If Mikhail were to win, what would you? how would you see Path to Victory? Just a complete Martich breakdown, or do you think she, there's a way that she could tactically beat her? She's going to have to extend rallies and hold her own serve. Um, I, I just I think if she can get into longer rallies, Martich will have a tougher time to like really generate pace. Maybe does she? I don't. I don't know how she slices all that well. I haven't seen her slice a ton. Uh, maybe keep the ball low on on the taller Martich. I don't see a huge path to victory here. Um, and if Martich has a, a half decent first serve percentage, uh, I think she she is gets home fairly easily here. Good. Okay. Cool. All right. Mertens minus eight thirty three against Kavinich plus five fifty five. What's the uh, spread here? Like I'm not even kidding. <laughs> Knowing Donka Kovinich on outdoor hard courts against someone as consistent and well rounded as Maritons, like this sounds absolutely nuts. It does. And I'm I, I'm not gonna do it officially and I'm not gonna release it on my on my Twitter, whether it be free or to subscribers. But like six and a half games is not the worst look there. Like Kovinich is a clay quarter. And when I say clay quarter, I mean like high ITF level clay quarter. I I, I don't see how six and a half uh, even money like that's uh, that's the problem is i probably want five and a half at even money to make a play here six three six three should be a breeze 
that seventh game is what I think I'd want to, I'd want a decent amount of money to sell to, but I don't understand how Kovinich is, you know, even plus six and a half, I, I wouldn't take that on her side. I, I, I'm still tempted by Elise Meriton's minus six and a half here. I think that's actually kind of what you were just describing as a good test for leaving a match alone. You know, you don't really want to lay the six and a half with Mertens, but you definitely don't want to take the six and a half with Kavinich. So I think that means the price is just about right. I mean, Mertens should absolutely take care of business. I like what you're saying. If you're going to go for it, though, I mean, just sell all the way. What's the price on like minus seven and a half? Yeah, I don't, I don't know, because then you're then you're really getting into almost correct score territory. Um, like six, you're at six two six two at that point. Um, yeah, but then you're seven and a half. You're winning by the hook. Like if I'm going to bet six and a half, I expect it to win by eight, eight games. That's what I'm expecting to bet six and a half. Like I, I don't want to be betting on the hook. You know, I don't want to be betting to win by the hook. That to me is a little risky. I'm not huge on that being value in general. Um, I think it probably does end six two six three here, um, or like six four six love kind of deal. Uh, and it, it ends somewhere in the seven eight game range, and six and a half is probably where I want to stay away. If I was getting plus one twenty there, like if it was five and a half games, and I was selling off to minus six plus one one hundred five one ten, then I'd probably consider it. It opened plus one sixteen, so the market agrees with me here. Um, they've knocked it down to plus one hundred two, which I think at that point you've lost value. But at plus one sixteen, the market did agree that Marin's likely wins this two and three or two and two. And that a plus one sixteen showed value. All right, let's jump into the next match: Carolina Pliskova um, against Mladenovic. Mladenovic plus three seventy five. Pliskova minus five hundred. Uh, Jorge, you did a pretty bad job of teasing this. You just kind of gave it away. <laughs> it sounds like you're on Kiki. Yeah, I had a half unit at uh, at plus four fifty five earlier. That number is long gone at Bet Hard. Uh, the best number is now plus four hundred eight at Pinnacle. You could justify a quarter unit there. Um, if it gets under plus 400, I wouldn't touch much of it. I think, like, to me, that 47 cents on the dollar is pretty big. I think 47 cents on the dollar is always pretty big, um, regardless of how big the odds are. It's still a big deal. Um, I still think you can justify a quarter unit on anything above plus 400. Yeah, I think I'm going to look maybe for an over here. I'll probably stay away from the money line. What do you think, Spread? I mean, I don't think I don't see it. I just Plis, Pliskova's playing so well right now. Um, I, I you know, hopefully it works out for him, but I just don't see it. Osaka minus seven fourteen, Buzkova plus four ninety four, Blinkova minus three fifty seven, Paolini plus two seventy five, uh, Pavlyuchenkova minus three forty five against Stoyanovich plus two sixty six. I know we bet on Stoyanovich quite a bit. Um, anybody biting on the dog here? No, no. Rybakina minus one eighty nine against Paro plus one fifty four. Um, kind of an asterisk there. We'll have to see how Rybakina's week finishes out. I wonder if she even uh, shows up for this match. My guess is she'll show up. But um, oh yeah, what do you guys think if if she actually makes it all the way to the final, even wins the uh, event? She's in no this one week. withdraws from a Grand Slam. Nobody. So do you no. li- do you like Paro the dog then on like kind of the super fatigue fate? No. No. <laughs> All right, well, I guess we'll pass. No, because here's I think the, the thing. line's about right, right? Hobart, I mean, what would you take it at? Plus 250, I would, but not plus 150. Are any of these tournaments, are they going to end on, on the Saturday or the Saturday? A lot of tournaments will end on Saturdays uh, before slams just to kind of incentivize the players to come play it. Like, hey, look, you don't have to finish on Sunday if you win. You can actually win on Saturday, get extra day to get down. Even if she doesn't, it's not too far, I wouldn't think, from 
uh, Tasmania to Melbourne, um, and they'll give her till the Tuesday to play. She won't play the the first day, so she'll still have a day off, even if her finals on Sunday. So yeah, I'm not huge on a fatigue fade here for Abikina. I think maybe again wait till the second or third round to try and do that. All right, Heather Watson, a dog to Pliskova the lesser, plus one hundred four for Watson, Pliskova minus one twenty seven. What do you guys think about that? It's an interesting one, huh? I think Watson's been playing well. I might, uh, I don't know. What do you think, Jorge? I think that, like, man, Watson's used up a lot of her hardcourt wins already. <laughs> <laughs> I think I don't know what to do with that. I don't. I don't know what on earth to do with last night's win against Elise Mertens. Um, okay, Farrow clearly isn't there on hard courts yet. Stojanovic did well indoors last year, but comes up on clay. Don't know who Carter is in the first round of qualifying. Probably a local young wild card into qualifying. Um, Teichman, she got killed in the first set, then won pretty standard uh, second and third set scores. She's not a hard quarter either. She still lost to Storm Sanders earlier. <sighs> The Mertens win is nice, but it's like part of that looked like Mertens was like, I don't need Hobart. I made the quarters. Like, I just need to need to go to the tournament. But then she fights back in the first set and wins the tiebreak. So, like, if you're going to win the first set tiebreak, you're clearly not tanking. And then you lose the second 6-4, and then you get to the third set, and it's like, okay, if you're going to tank and move on, you're going to lose 6-1 and just go. But then she goes 12 games in the third set. Like, if Elise Mertens even semi-tank that match to get to Melbourne, she did an absolutely terrible job of conserving energy. <laughs> like, that is a horrible energy conservation tank if I've ever seen one. So I don't know what to make of it. I feel like that's partially what it was, but if she did, she butchered it. So I don't know how much credit to give Watson there. I'm just too confused um, with this result to bet Watson, but that plus money, God, isn't that tempting. Serena Williams minus two thousand against Potapova plus nine thirty one. I know we like Potapova, but I don't think we're touching this. <laughs> I actually like an nope. under here, folks. Um, we'll see what the total looks like. My guess is they'll hang something. If they hang in nineteen, they'll probably hang in eighteen, eighteen and a half. But if you get a nineteen, look under there. Shea minus one eighteen versus Putin save a minus one hundred four. I feel kind of sick for wanting to watch this. I feel like this is going to be a lot of fun and a really unfun. Uh, kind oh, of it's going to be great fun. Yeah, God, I would. Yeah, I don't think there's anything just wrong. Just watching watch Shea make Putin save it, like throw a temper tantrum. I have because I love yeah. this price on Shea. And you know what? I really, I, yeah, I agree. I don't think Putin save a Putin save a likes redirecting pace. She, she likes upsetting bigger hitters than. Uh, I don't think she does well at generating her own her own pace or winners. And I think Shea is just as consistent. Uh, I, one thing I will say, Noops, um, I want to add it to that Potapova-Williams because you mentioned the under. That's a good chase spot, too. If that first set gets to 6-4, I would double down on the second set under. I can see Serena, and I think she's she's done it fa- a fair amount in her career, you know, getting a slow start, I mean, uh, like 6-3, 6-4, and then just 6-1 in the second set. So if you can't get a live under 19... Hope that it gets to, you know, two all or three all in the first set somehow and then pound the live under. I think that's an approach you could take as well. It is a good chase spot there, but getting back to Putin yeah, and sorry. Shea, I like exactly what you said about Putin Seva's game, but also her mental game, the way that she kind of annoys players by being annoying. I don't think Shea is going to care for two seconds about any of that stuff. I think she's just going to kind of laugh at whatever's going on and continue to just throw junk at Putin Seva over and over again. Mm-hmm. But spread, it sounds like you want to bet Putin's. I like Putin Seva here. I think um, 
the same the same thing that you say about Shay, I think applies to Putin Seva. I think that she's not going to be as rattled as you guys think um, by the junk balls. She really gets more rattled when she herself isn't playing well. Obviously, if Shay can extract you know some bad play by using the junk balls, but Putin Seva has been lo around long enough to where I don't think uh, a steady dice of, of slice or change of pace is really going to bother her. Um, I like Putin Seva in this match, but not enough to bet it because uh, fading Shay is not fun. All right. right? So. Yeah. I mean, I've already lost enough money doing it, but I like, you know, in the bracket, I filled out Putin save as the winner. All right, we'll put a pin in that. Um, Risk minus 204 against Wang Yafan plus 163. Uh, that feels just about right to me. Anybody have an opinion yeah. there? Yeah, price right. Uh, I do like, I do like Risk is kind of like a dark horse in this tournament, though. I think that she's kind of improved. I know Jorge was uh, kind of saying, you know, Wells on the Asian swing that she kind of improved her hardcore play, but. Um, Overall, I think she's really coming together as a player, and it's kind of crazy to see it so late in her career where we didn't think that she had a lot of development left. But, um, you know, if she's really able to prove it by having a nice beginning of the year on hard courts, um, I would not be that surprised that uh, she's able to make this type of leap in her abilities and go into different surfaces this late in her career. I don't buy it again. I'm going to fade her again. <laughs> I'm going to hate myself in three days or four days or whatever she plays again. But I don't care. I'm doing it. Yafin Wong, money line. I'm not ready to jump on the money line for Wong. I don't think this is the match where I'm going to be fading risk. But I am going to kind of sit on the fence here a little bit. I will be fading risk. Just quite not yet. All right. Um... Next up, we've got uh, Annette Contivate minus 556 against Astra Sharma. Next up, Seaton. Contivate rules on hearts. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm not even going to. I wish I could fade her here, but not even Sharma. Seaton minus 102 against Coco Vandeway minus 120. A match that would have been really fun three years ago. Since your old spread. It still could be what fun. What do you think? It still could be fun. I love that you jumped uh, in think... first. Well, yeah, no, because, you know, I'm, I'm, I like Coco's game a lot, and I'd really hope to see her healthy because I think that she adds uh, a great flavor to the tour, um, mainly because I love how much riled up she gets tennis Twitter. But uh, <laughs> you, can't, you can't bet this match right now with the unknowns of the health uh, we have. If you're just doing the women's, you have, you know, all these matches to choose from. So um, I don't really see a reason to bet it, but I would love to see a Coco come back here. Anything to add, Jorge? I like Coco. Like and why? So better? tell me why. What am I because missing? Because if she's if there's if she's even remotely healthy, she is going to bludgeon Sigmund around the court. And I think it's worth a chance. I, can't argue with I that. think it's worth a chance. I think you're right. I think you're right about that. But I just again, there's enough other stuff. I'll, I'm going to add. You know, it's funny if this is a smaller tournament and we only had you know uh, maybe 16 matches we were capping. I would probably put it on my card, but with so many options, I, I'm going to leave it alone. But I'll definitely be rooting for URA because I think the tour is better with a healthy Coco Vandaway. Siniakova plus 378 against Kvitova minus 526. We are in the Siniakova zone, folks, where at this price I almost just want to close my eyes, bet Siniakova because there's a greater than you know 25% chance he redlines here and does something crazy but I'll take a step back Jorge what do you think what's the plus one and a half sets I was going to say if you think she goes full Katarina Sinyakova plus one and a half yeah, set is probably going to be look. plus money right almost certainly I don't have that price in front of me right now again a lot of stuff still to come but um, I like that idea what do you think spread I don't uh, I don't like it only because I think they're a little more familiar with each other being country women 
And um, as much as I like Siniakova, I think, <laughs> you know, we talk about bad draws. Her and Dasha really got bad draws. I think this is a tough matchup for her to start. All right, I'll toss that in the list, and we'll circle back and see if we can get a spread price on that in time. Kuda Mertova, minus 323 against Sarah. Sora sure. <laughs> um, Shwaizang. Your favorite. Oh, spread, spread. Not only did I not mention Sloane Stevens, she's a dog. She's a dog in the first round. Sloane Stevens is plus she 110 against Jorge's favorite, Shwaizang. Um, Jorge, how much money are you going to bet on Shwaizang? Especially since you love her and you hate Sloane Stevens. Money is definitely going to be put on Shwaizang. I've, I haven't tipped it. I don't, and I'm, I've lost a couple cents, and I don't mind losing two cents here. Uh, but I have to decide, and I have to run the uh, the official edge because, like, my thing is, I'm I'm only showing a one to one and a half unit play, but like everything inside my brain, which I I do try and rely on more than just like percentages, tells me to go bigger. I do think this is a big play spot. I love Shui Zhang. I love her consistency. She's going to be able to dictate points as well because she she does have a little pop. Uh, Stevens is not going to be someone to hit her off the court. <sighs> I know it's Grand Slam Sloan Stevens. I don't care. I think it's a big play. I'm surprised you don't have money on um, a spread for Kudamatova, by the way. I thought anything under minus 1,000, you are going to lay the games because you hate Tormo so much. But, hey, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm impressed I'm you did I'm expecting Kudamatova to come off a championship the weekend before. Yeah, so I don't true. know if she's exactly foot on the gas here. I think that she might look across the court, have a nice giggle, and try to take care of business here. You know, four and four. <laughs> I think I'm gonna go. Think you're gonna be one giggling. I think she'll take her seriously. I think well, I'm gonna go to. Um, uh, I'm gonna go, go ahead. ahead and lay a personal play here, just because um, we can't officially tip it, and I can't tip it to my uh, cl- uh, subscribers. I can let them know about it for those that have it. Uh, minus four and a half games. Ready for this discrepancy? Minus one twenty at Bethard. Minus one eighteen at Pinnacle. Minus one twenty eight or so. Almost minus 130 at Unibet, but Bet365 has it even money. That, to me, I'm going to play it because, one, I love Kudamitova. Two, that discrepancy is just begging for me to punish them. Well, I'm not writing that down because you're the only person that has that, but that's a great bet, the minus four and a half at even money. Yeah, and I, we can't tip it on the on the pod or on the account because it's not fair to all the listeners out there who don't have access to 365, and literally the, every other book has it priced properly 365 is seven, 15 cents better than the next best, best book I have um, and between 15 and 21 cents overall considering the matchup considering how good Kudumurtova is and has been and considering the price discrepancy that's a must play but again we can't we can't make that official and take advantage of it uh, for the pod Sabalenka minus 556 against Carlos Suarez Navarro. This is another one that I will not be tweeting out, but if you have a market for the first set under 9.5, play this all the way up to minus 170, almost minus 180 is worth a play here. Um, I expect Sabalenka to take care of business. Anything to add from either one of you? Bad draw for CSN. If she got a more favorable draw, I think she could have done something, but uh, RIP her chances. Fidelina minus sixteen sixty seven against Bolter plus eight eighty. I'm sorry, plus eight um, eighty two. Um, yeah. 
Switek <laughs> minus 110, Babos <laughs> minus 110. Now, this is kind of fun. We've got a little CLV here. Oh, I know that boy. I personally got some Switek plus 120 at Unibet a couple hours ago, but that wasn't open anywhere else. So um, we got to live in this world now where it's minus 110 each way. So congratulations to me and Jorge. You even did better. Didn't you get Switek at like 140? I got I got her at 140. Um, I posted for you guys the ticket in the in the chat with the time and 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 odds stamped on it um yeah i mean i i i can't i couldn't believe it i was about to get plus 150 and then it literally switched it was it was plus 150 on my screen then when you know you click on the odds to put it on your bet slip and then as soon as i clicked on it when it went to my bet slip it was plus 140 by I'm I'm kidding less by about fifteen seconds I missed out on a plus one fifty there but there are people out there holding a plus one fifty two and plus and there are some plus one fifty tickets as well on Sveatech congratulations there because you beat the market by four fifty eight holy cow sixty cents for the people with plus one fifty two forty eight cents for me and fifty eight cents for others so yeah Pinnacle um, for some reason they didn't open it improperly for some reason just at Pinnacle. A ton of babosh money, came, uh, babosh money came in there, and it allowed us to grab Sviatek. Everyone else opened her about plus one twenty, or everyone everyone opened her plus one twenty, plus twenty five, and then got steadily bet down. Pinnacle for some reason opened her I think plus one twenty six or so, and she got bet up. So I was able to take advantage of that. CLV's there now. We got to go get the win. That's the uh, that's the tough part about this betting thing. Beating the market for me in tennis does not seem to be an issue. Uh, you know, getting the wins hasn't been a big issue. The profit's been there, but it's certainly not as easy as beating the market for me. Well, so what do you think then? And I'll start with you, spread it's minus one ten each way price. Do you see a side you like? Yeah, I still like Swiatek here. If you're like me and you missed all that last night while it was all going on, while I was sleeping soundly right and you wake up to minus 110 i still think it's a good price i think you're getting a better player i understand that uh babos is a, a smart veteran and that that could give her problems and the idea is that uh the Sviatek is not yet there on hard courts but still i think you're getting a, a young player who's probably improved over the off season and even at minus 110 i still like it yeah i think spreads right and that's my biggest pet peeve by the way in all of sports betting is when you're sleeping and then you wake up and you're like, this is still value, but I look like I'm chasing so yeah. much steam right now. Right. It's like, but I didn't yeah. have a choice. I'm not up at four o'clock in the morning. And then you you ho- you hover over on Odds Portal and you're seeing like, oh, okay, it was at, by 6.28 a.m. local time, it was already at this price. Like, there's nothing I can do about that. And, you know, I, I still have a hard time recommending the price. But, um, yeah, I'm, there's value here. She's the much better player. Whether it be regardless of court surface, uh, she's better than Babos, and you're getting a minus one ten price. It's kind of one of those things. Hold your nose and bet it because you don't. Yeah, you're you got the worst of the price, but it's still value. Value's value. Sevastova minus one thirty. Tomljanovic plus one hundred six. This is a great over spot. But what do you guys think of the money line? Anybody like either side? Mm, uh, I like Sevastopol. I did like it when it opened. I believe it's been bet down a bit on Sevastopol's side, so I'm passing on it. I do yeah, like her to win. It's just about right to me. I like Sevastopol too to win, but I think I think this number looks close. So spread, make the case for us. What would you make this line? Uh it should be maybe minus one forty, minus one fifty. Oslo's obviously got a good name, and uh, and Sevastopol can have problems. So, I mean, it's not like a shoe in or, 
you know, I mean, we'll be that surprised if we're sitting there looking at Ajla in the second round. No, but uh, I think Sevastava has, has a better, or Sevastava has a better game. And, you know, barring her just playing horribly, she should be able to win this match. So I put it at minus 150. I'm seeing minus 130. I still like it at minus 130. Pagula minus 179. Townsend plus 146. That feels just about right to me. Anything to add, guys? I think uh, I think Pagula's got nice little uh, parlay potential here because I think it should be that close to minus two twenty. Yeah, I agree. I haven't uh, bet anything yet because I wasn't um, here when the spreads came out. I probably will be on that spread. It's in knowing in that region, it's probably about three and a half. Like that one point five five to one point six region is always a three and a half, and I always want it to be three. And with the men, it's always two and a half or three. But with the women, it's always three and a half uh, because it's so much dang harder to hold serve for them. But, uh, yeah, I think you can justify it. Pinnacle's money line is almost at 1.6 now for Pagula. Money has slowly, very slowly, uh, but surely come in on Townsend. And sure enough, I can get three at Pinnacle, minus 110. So, yes, I would play minus three there. All right, we'll circle back on that and kind of make our final decisions. Uh, Vekic, minus 135 against Sharapova, plus 108. I like Vekic a lot at this price. What do you guys think? This is one that died for me overnight, um, but it's the one where it died, and I'm not seeing a ton of value where she opened around even money. Hell yes. Uh, I would have probably had two to two and a half, maybe three full units on that play um, just because, God, Sharapova's so overpriced. But the market has caught up to our thinking of Fade Sharapova, money poured in on Vekic. Right now, uh, I think a couple years ago, Vekic was a poor woman's Sharapova, and now Sharapova is just a poor woman's Vekic. <laughs> what do you think, Spring? <laughs> I, I do like the price, but I don't want to go against Sharapova. I think she played pretty well at the U.S. Open last year. Uh, I don't think that she's going to let the pressure bother her. She's kind of free-rolling, um, in, a, in a sense, mentally right now. And I... At this price, no. I mean, if you were able to hit the opener, you know, where it's pretty much even, yeah, grab Donna all day because she should win a majority of the time. But at this current price, no, I get worried. I, I've lost some money fading Sharapova in bigger events before. As much as she's written off and not really a, a contender anymore, um, she still has the game where she can beat any one of these, you know, below top 10 players at any time. So I think that unless you hit it at the opener, the value's gone. All right, let's keep moving forward here. Uh, Vondrasova minus 333 against Kuznetsova plus 259. Makes sense to me. Um, I think that if you really like dogs, this is an interesting dog price to look at. I just don't believe the disrespect for Kuznetsova so far this year. Like, yeah. She opened a dog, closed a favorite to Lynette, and now she's opened a massive dog for Vondrasova. Sadly, because I love Vondrasova, and I probably overvalue her compared to the market, I think the price is right. I'm surprised that it's opened and stayed at this price. Like, I can't believe the respect Vondrasova is getting, and that doesn't bode well for me uh, for the rest of the season if the whole, if everyone's going to respect her this much. Uh, I'm kind of disappointed, uh, actually, that they respect her this much because she's been a very profitable player for me uh, to back, but I can't I can't justify it here. All right. Um, Wang Jiang minus 526 against Parmentier plus 384. Yeah. Um, now, Jorge, how much money are you going to bet on Venus Williams plus 150 oh against God. Coco Goff? Coco minus yes. 190. This is our second last match that we're going to preview. And oh, yes. Oh, I'm, glad, I'm glad it's our second last because I kind of teased that I had a, a semi-emergency um, betting-wise, but people would have to listen to the pod to find out what it was. 
Well, we're an hour 46 in, so the dedicated listeners get to hear me say that I'm actually going to bet on Venus Williams. So. Yes! Spread. I don't know how we do this production-wise, yeah. but can we get like a band playing in the background and fireworks going <laughs> off? And, and, uh, come on, Jorge, break it down for us. Uh, I, I don't want to. I just, I can't believe it. When it opened, Goff, you know, opened at Pinnacle at minus 110. It's like, are you kidding me? Yes, please. But now it's plus 160 at Unibet, plus 157 at Pinnacle. On Venus Williams, it's like, okay, I get that there were injury concerns entering the season, but what has Coco Goff done? In fact, while we're recording, I was uh, chatting with one of tennis, or tweeting with one of Tennis Canada's podcast co-hosts and one of the points i made to him is how overvalued coco goff has become here's her results since wimbledon she lost in the first round to diaz then she made the third round of the u.s open very nice but was whitewashed in the third round by osaka then she won lins but she won as a lucky loser and that's a late season to 280 event okay whatever First round loss to Blinkova, and now a second round loss to a primary clay player in Auckland in Laura Siegmund. Like, and by the way, the the set she did win in that match, I was on her to win the first set live at like plus 105. She was down 5-3, and I was ready to just put a loss on my spreadsheet. In fact, I did have it as a loss, and she won four straight games, so she didn't look good in that match. Um, she's been below par since Wimbledon. The only thing she has going for her here is... Yes, the head-to-head at Wimbledon. Okay, I get it. But two, <laughs> she has won multiple main draw matches in the last two slams. So, like her idol, she has stepped up on the big stage. But I'm sorry, that form, and she's still so young, and, you know, Venus has been kind of, you know, hopefully saving up energy. I just, I can't believe I'm saying this, but at plus 160, you have to bet Venus Williams. You just do. Spread, how does that make you feel? I love it. And I just want to point out one thing. Obviously, I agree with most everything that Jorge said. And let's look at one other aspect of this match, how the mentality and the pressure is going to change, right? I think that it went from Coco kind of being free rolling mentally when they played the first time to where I think she's going to have a little bit of pressure on her, right? She's got a little more expectations now, That's right? That's an interesting point. Venus yeah. is the one free rolling now, right? So I think the added pressure definitely helps our – our Venus Williams bet, and this is my biggest favorite bet of the first round. And you know what? I I, th- I love that. I didn't even think of that kind of uh, the, the mental side of things where that might be worth a few cents in and of itself. Like Coco Goff just had nothing to lose. Now that pressure, and she, you can see that she was tightening up a lot against Siegmund. She was angry with a lot of errors, looking over to her dad, frustrated. It's getting to the point where she's now expected to win these matches, and she does tighten up a bit. And I think that is something that you have to factor into your handicap uh, I'm not going to go a full unit. Um, I, I My numbers say to bet a full unit on it. Um, uh, okay, if I leave some profit on the table one time in a season where I have like 1,500 to 2,000 bets, so be it. I am not putting any more than a half unit on this out of principle. I refuse. Um, but yes. Uh, Two unit play for the spreadster. Look at, I'm there you it. go. I love this one. That'll make, I love this That'll five. make up for it. <laughs> Okay. All right, last match of the first round, Zidancic minus 250, Han uh, plus 200. I don't think we have anything interesting to say there, so you guys ready to jump into the recap of our first round picks? We do have some decisions yep. to make. Mm-hmm. All right, so the first game I had written down here was Anna Samova. Yes. When I look at her handicap, it's right around four and a half games, and then I had Bellis, her handicap right around four and a half games yes. as well. 
Let me see quickly what an Anasimova uh, CC parlay would look like. But do either of you have a strong feeling on Anasimova spread or Anasimova um, and as a parlay piece, I guess? You can parlay them. I mean, it's up to you, like you guys. I will be on both minus four and a half. I love them both as single plays. If Bellis covers and Anisimova doesn't, you end up with like 0. .06 units profit. And I mean, I'm expecting to go two and zero here, um, but even if I go one and one, it's a wash. Um, one and one on a parlay obviously kills it. Uh, although <laughs> you have a little more, a little more latitude. So. Uh, Thanks, Captain Obvious over here. Me, but uh, I'm going to play both his individual spreads. It's right around minus 120 is the parlay there. So what do you think, spread? Let's go with the spreads. Yep. I know it's your name. All right, so we'll we'll put, what do you guys think, one unit each on Anna Samova minus 4.5 and, and CC minus 4.5? Yeah. All right, so let's do that. Um, now, Jorge and I are already on Kirstea plus 135. What do you think, spread? Um... I mean, if you guys want to make it a play, it's fine. I don't, I don't really like that spot. All right, we'll put I want just plus, our names. I want there. credit for the plus one forty, man. I got plus one forty at like two bucks. <laughs> well, that's, sorry, I'm looking at odds portal. That's how we do this. Is plus one thirty five. Okay, you know, we'll take the averages. People, yeah, people got to pay for the plus yeah. one forty. Come on, I think that's fair. Peterson minus three games. How are we feeling about that? I love it. I'm All in. Right. All of us on there for one unit. Um, we doing one unit on Kirstea, by the way, Jorge. Yeah, I'm doing a full unit on Kristea. All right. We got Han plus 240 here. Do you guys just go with the money line? Jorge, I'm on board with that. Spread, I can't remember if you were on board with that. Yeah, you know, it's funny. That was a match that I just skipped over in my handicaps because I was so unfamiliar with him. I know Kozlova's game pretty well. No, no Han that well. So I didn't really feel like I had a good advantage. But Jorge made a, a compelling case. So I'm in there. I think we should do a full unit on the money line. Ooh, a full unit. What do you think, Jorge? You know what? I was going to say a half just because of the odds. But the fact is the numbers dictate a full unit. Like the, the edge dictates a full unit. And you can't you can't bet too scared in this spot. Um, yeah, I, I say a full unit. I'm fine with that. All right, I am down. Let's go a full unit on Han there, even though she's the big dog. Shea, minus 118. I'm ready to put a unit on that. Jorge, it sounded like you were too. Um, I'm going to pass. Think? I'm going to pass on pass? that one. What do you think, Spread? I, it's close. I'm on the opposite side, so let's not make it an official play. Right, and, um, good luck to you. Let's pass on that. Um, Coco Vandeway, I wasn't feeling great about that, but I think both of you guys liked her. Um, she was minus 120 against Siegmund. Um, are you guys willing to put a unit on Coco? Want to go half there because of the medical concerns? Yeah, I'll go half with, uh, with spread there. All right, I'll jump on there. Yeah, I half. like that. All right, now I couldn't find a Siniakova price for plus one and a half sets. So yeah. is anybody interested in the money line there? Are we going to no. go with plus one and a half? Five? No. All right, so we'll skip no, that. No, 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 no. Switech minus 110. We know it's the worst of the number, but it sounds like we still like that number. What do you guys think? One unit there? Yeah. All right, what do you want to do with... Shame on me for sleeping. We'll go with Pagula <laughs> minus three. Um, you guys like a unit on Pagula minus three? Yes, sir. And then for Venus Williams, let's average you guys out. We'll go one unit on Venus Williams. That's what I was saying. That makes up for my refusal to go for a unit. His two units kind of averages it out to get there. Excellent. We will Perfect. post all of this, of course. Um, again, follow us. Uh, let's review the overall outrights. Oh, of course. We, we'll go through I only have one. Spread. Let me pitch the, the goddamn spreadsheet oh, first. We're trying I'm to drive sorry. people okay. to follow were, us on I Twitter. It's I all part of a... God damn it. 
All right. Well, make sure you follow us at Twitter. He's uh, so bad. Um, God damn it. Now I'm all screwed up. Well, make sure you follow us on Twitter at NetworthPod, where you can find a spreadsheet that has all of our bets. But let's go through all of them anyway, Spread. Um, from an outright perspective, Spread likes Barty. That's the only thing Spread's doing because he's boring at 8 to 1 for one unit. Um, Jorge is on Kvitova for a quarter of a unit at 20 to 1. And then uh, Jorge and I are like Alexandrova to win her quarter to win the tournament. Um, Spread and I are going to actually Dutch Osaka and Serena when that happens. And then Jorge and I like Anna Samova and Vondrasova to win their quarters as well as the outrights. I'm going to take some Benchich to win her quarter. And then from an individual match perspective, Anna Samova minus 4.5, Bellis minus 4.5, Kirstea plus 135, Peterson minus 3, Han plus 240, Coco Vandeweghe minus 120, just half a unit there, Schweitek minus 110, Pagula minus 3, Venus Williams plus 1 unit. Gentlemen, anything else we need to cover before we wrap it up? Yes, yes. Um, no one's probably listening at this point, but I encourage, I'm sure people listen in two parts. I'm going to tweet it out that way anyway on my account. Uh, a big thank you to everyone. Um, big thanks to Ace Previews for coming in last week. I was away. Uh, and helping us reach a 1,000 followers on Twitter. And it happened just days before a Grand Slam, which is really awesome. So we hit a 1,000 followers, literally heading into the first Grand Slam of the year. Awesome time of the year for us and uh, super thankful. That's right. Congratulations. Spread another uh, audio clip if you could. People applauding right there. Um, anything <laughs> else from you here before we wrap it up? Yeah, I think in honor of the 1,000 followers, we owe them um, some periscopes next week. So I think that we should uh, try to uh, do some check-ins maybe, and then we'll see after the uh, first two or three rounds when the brackets are completely blown up, and we'll check back in and, and give an idea of what we're looking at since then. And I think that would be a lot of fun for the people. I think that's a great idea, and we look forward to doing that. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We really appreciate it. Um, you know, obviously, this is a little longer than we normally go, but it's a big occasion. It's the Australian Open. I think we covered a lot, and we hope you learned a lot. Please follow us again on Twitter at NetworthPod. Again, you can find all our picks and everything there. Of course, all of our podcasts, and we'd appreciate a rating and review on whatever app you're using to listen. Have an excellent fortnight. We will be back in touch sooner than you think. Good luck on all your wagers, especially on Venus.